0: Welcome back to the Only Football Fans podcast. Today, myself and Greg speak to former Monaco, Brighton, and Leeds United winger Sebastian Carroll. We have an in depth chat with Seb about his career, including the seasons he spent at Monaco where they reached the Champions League final, only to lose to Porto, and also the famous minus 15 point season at Leeds United in League One. We also speak about Seb's son, Keenan Carroll, who is currently a winger in the Leeds United under 18s team. Hope you enjoy! So thanks for joining us, Seb. Really appreciate it, mate.
1: Yeah, no problem. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. As I said, always a nice feeling to be thought about. And uh, thank you for for having me today.
0: No worries, mate. Not at all. Um, So just to get started, we'll sort of run through a few sort of questions to get to know you a bit better. So um, the first one was, who was your childhood hero?
1: Childhood hero? Um, I didn't have one, to be be fair with you, but... Uh, because my dad was a Brazilian fan, and uh, he al- always was watching video of uh, Pelé, so of course I fell into it, and uh, when I was young, um, I kind of, I was kind of a big fan at some point when I was probably seven, eight years old, uh, and there's a lapse in time when I don't remember who I was supporting, I don't know, I don't know why, uh, but... I've got to say my favorite player was Ronaldinho. And I know we've kind of the same generation. He's only a year older than me. But honestly, when he just moved from Brazil to Paris Saint-Germain, I mean, the sort of player he was, I got to be a big fan because I've got the same philosophy, the way he thinks, always playing with a big smile on his face, uh, just happy to be playing football, to be fair. That was was Ronaldinho, and uh, I loved him for that. And I was watching Barcelona and Paris Saint-Germain, just waiting for him to create, invent, make him something because he was, uh, that was him. Yeah, so, no,
0: I, I so don't yeah, blame no, you
1: there. magician. Yeah, I've got, I've got to say, pulley because of my dad and for myself a little bit later, that was what I did. Yeah,
0: yeah that's fantastic, mate. He's, I must admit, he's one of my favourite ever players as well. Probably for, same for you, Greg. Who doesn't like him, mate? I mean, who couldn't? He was unreal. <laughs> he, brought, he brought something to the game that a lot of, although there was Brazilians before him, he just brought something so yeah.
1: different. Yeah, I completely agree on that. And uh, that's on my, uh, it's Ronaldinho. He played against Real Madrid, and you still got the Real Madrid fan uh, giving him a standing ovation. It's just yeah. because his mentality, playing with a smile, he doesn't hold any grudges against no teams, no players. He just happy to be on the football field, and uh, I think people respect that.
0: Yeah, and, uh, 100%. I love
1: I love I love that about him.
0: Yeah, same. He, he's oh, he's amazing. One of my heroes as well. Super player. Um, yeah.
1: Next one is, what's your worst habit? My worst habit? That's a tough one. Uh, But I've got to say, um, I kind of stopped it now. But up to 10, 11 weeks ago, I've got to take something to eat uh, to my bed. It doesn't matter whether I brush my teeth just five minutes before. I've got to have something to eat or something to drink, like a, a glass of Coke or something next to me uh, for no reason sometimes. Because I, I won't even touch it. But <laughs> it'd be, it be there just in case. <laughs>
0: That's brilliant.
1: <laughs> and, it's, and, it's, and it's not good because I just brushed my teeth. And come on, you're having a glass of Coke after that. And then <laughs> you're thinking, I'm not going to wake up, uh, nah, get back up again and brush my teeth again. No way. So that was, that was really a bad habit. I mean, uh could bring all kind of problem but lucky enough i'm healthy
0: (laughs) 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 um the next one is what's your biggest fear
1: biggest fear um nothing i can think of but um i'm not a sore loser don't get me wrong about what i'm about to say um but if i play against familial friends Board games, or if I get a game of FIFA against friends online, uh, I will always look for a circumstance on why I lost. <laughs> and my fear, and my fear, let me get to the point. My fear is, let's say on a, I'm on a PlayStation playing against a friend, I beat about a hundred times. My fear is to lose that just one time. <laughs> it's
0: like you against
1: bro. that against that person. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is brilliant. Gre- Greg's the same. Yeah, I can't stand
1: losing, mate. <laughs> ah, so so you understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, so that's good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's brilliant. Um then the next one is which team do you support or which team did you support growing up?
1: Um I never had a team I really supported. Uh well that's that might sound sad, but I've just enjoyed watching attractive, good football. Mm -hmm. The way Leeds United is playing at the moment with Marcelo Bielsa, let's be honest, it's been uh, so many years and Leeds never had this kind of football before. And uh, I enjoy watching the um, Arsenal from Arsene Wenger, uh, the Pep Guardiola Barcelona, the Man City now, um, Liverpool from Klopp, uh, Dortmund, it's just a kind of football uh, some managers is likely to play that entertain me. I like to be yeah. entertained so I don't follow any particular teams. There's teams that in my heart because I've played for them. Let's say Monaco and Leeds United uh, for the two clubs that have got here. Um, but apart from that, I just enjoy watching good and attractive football.
0: Yeah, no, nah, that, that's brilliant, mate. Not a fan of Mourinho's teams then.
1: <laughs> well, Mourinho, I respect what he does. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be watching any of not like I'm, I'm not going to be watching Tottenham because uh, if they're playing big games, the I'll be watching because I'm a fan of football, but it's not the kind of football that's attracted me at first.
0: Yeah, no, same with everyone, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. What's that, Greg? I don't
0: know anyone that does watch them, do you? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a couple of friends that Tottenham, uh, Tottenham fans, so I would love to for them. <laughs> well, they might be, yeah. <laughs> um, and the the last question
0: is uh, Marmite Love it or hate it so, What was that? Oh hello He's not had it Marmite It's what, what is it? it? It's uh, It's like a spread That you put on Toast or Something like that Have you not You've had, had it? it?
1: Never had it oh, I don't even know mate. what it is Is it Is it nice? Is it good? What, I, what does it taste like? It's, it's a
0: split divide, Seb. It's a split divide, mate. You either love it or hate it. It's one yeah. of them. I, I love it. Greg hates it. And it's sort of pretty much like that in the whole population. It's sort of, that's their slogan. You either love it or you hate it.
1: And okay, is that something I need to try on then?
0: Yeah, definitely. You need you need to okay. give it a try. I'll, and...
1: Okay, I'll try and I'll text you later to see, yeah. see if I uh, <laughs> love it or hate it. <laughs> oh,
0: it's amazing, mate. <laughs>
1: You'll okay. probably be the like oh.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay, I love them.
0: Have you ever had Twiglets? No. The crisp
1: twiglets?
0: No. No, a bit no like- never. Yeah, they're marmite flavour, aren't they, Twiglets? There you go. You have
1: to okay. try it. Okay, I'll try it. Definitely. Oh, I mean I'm
0: interested to see what you're gonna what you're gonna think
1: now. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> of course. Well, I'm excited now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> So, first things first, you started at Monaco, age 14, you, you, you joined the club. How did that come about?
1: Um, that's a little while ago now. So, I was playing for my local club, uh, which is Sergi Pontoise in France, north district of Paris. That's where I'm from originally. Um, and then um, I took part in some sort of, um, well in France, you've got different steps. So, you play for your local club. Then uh, from your local club, you get selected for the district team. And then from the district team, you get selected for a regional team. And then you get on to national team later on. Um, I took part in the regional team. So every year there is an under-14 tournament. And every scout in France, and I mean every single football club, is there watching. And uh, every football uh, player knows that. Uh, And I think I've attracted a few interests. So Monaco was one of them. I remember the days I contacted my parents to ask if I was willing to go on trial for a few days, visiting the clubs, um, installations and everything, uh, which my dad said yes. I was right behind him when they could. Um, and then uh, I went there, i spent four days. First uh, day was probably technical uh, stuff and physical stuff. And then you get on to play against um, uh, some of the trialists, uh, friendly games. And I remember they said uh, we had a meeting at the end of it, and they said uh, we'll be in touch with you in a few days. Yeah, and uh, I remember I was um, with the head scout, so he flew back to Paris with me, and as soon as, as soon as we landed, my dad come and get me at the gate, and they didn't wait a few days. They come, and get my dad and said we want your kid. So my dad was like, for real? I said, uh, <laughs> yeah. So. All I wanted is my dad to say, yeah, yes, we'll go for it. And he said, let me, let me think about it. I said, what do you mean, let me <laughs> think about it? <laughs> yeah. So basically, we spent the next three days uh, with the head scout because he stayed. Uh, he came back a few days later at home. And my dad said, yes, we'll allow um, uh, Seb to go there. But only 12 months after. So he needs to finish his, um, his high school first, his right. degree, then he can join you. So I signed. I signed when I was fourteen. Joined when I was fifteen.
0: Oh, that's brilliant!
1: <laughs> but right. yeah, so yeah, that was that. <laughs> I've i panicked for two for two minutes. I said, "Dad, what are you saying?" I said, "Are you crazy?" I said, "I want to do that. I want to go there." You haven't been there. You don't know. I said, I'm, i need to go there." So they invited my parents there for a few days so they can see uh, what Monaco what Monaco was about. Yeah, they, oh, that- they met the man. They met the manager at the time, which was uh, John Tigana. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know if you remember him when he was at Fulham here. Yeah, he was
0: a but-
1: great player as well, mate. Legend. Yeah, yeah, legend. So they met him. They met the first team players. Uh, they they, they um, saw the facilities uh, where I was uh, about to live, uh, education, everything. Then they said, "Yeah, no problem. We can leave our kids there. He's in good care."
0: Oh, that's great. Uh, what's the sort of system like, uh, like the youth system in France? Because obviously, I, I sort of know about the YTS system that was in in England and how kids would would go about it there, and they'd sort of be cleaning the boots of the of the senior yeah. team. And is it was it all the same in in France? No, no it's
1: not. It's not the same. Well, cleaning boots of first team players is not part of the uh, curriculum uh, when you join an academy. Um, but the difference between our systems is, first, the age when you join a professional academy. I know Keenan's been at least forever. I think he's joined when he was eight or nine. Uh, and most of the kids, uh, well, most of the best kids, when they play Sunday League football or their local teams, they're a bit scouted quite early. Mm-hmm. Uh, when in France, they just don't care about eight, nine, ten years old kids. Uh, they wait until you turn probably 12 or 13 for the, for the earliest, probably sign some pre contract. And then uh, you join when you're allowed to, which is 14, 15. Wow. So basically, a lot of football players, French football players, they wouldn't be in a pro academy before they turn 14 or 15. Whereas in England, you you know that the best kids uh, they play a year or two for the local club. And then when they turn eight or nine, bam, they're already in the system. Yeah. Which there's pros and cons to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's different. It works in the UK, uh, I can say. Um, the system that we've got in France works as well. Um, I personally more agree on the system that we've got in France because I think it's very early to put a kid in a system and to associate him in the box, saying like, this is the path where you're going to be a pro, uh, a pro player, which is absolutely not when you're eight or nine because when you're eight or nine, all you want to do is enjoy football with your friends. You yeah. don't care about, well, it's not that like you don't care about being a professional footballer, but that's not your main target. Your main it's target so is far off, funny. isn't it? It's, yes yeah, it's, yeah as well and sometimes um, I'm a little bit concerned about the wrong idea taking them at such an early age uh, that might put in their head at some point so that means more disappointment is they get released when they're 13 or 14 uh, and it's uh it's it's probably stressful as well for them yeah. at some point yeah so yeah, um, so yeah it's different
0: sorry Greg what was you gonna say there mate just, just like, it's more pressure as well from a, such a young age. Like when, you know, <laughs> I, a little bit experienced myself. Like when, when I, I was at Crystal Palace, and you, you kind of think straight away, like you haven't made it, but like, oh, I'm doing really well. I'm at a club, and I'm, you know, and, and then all of a sudden, bang! I get a letter saying I'm not there no more, and it's like it's like the end of the world, yeah,
1: and exactly, it was. Yeah.
0: It crushed me for a long time and I was only 12. <laughs> Do you know,
1: it's like it's horrible. Yeah, I understand, I understand that feeling. Um, I haven't felt it myself, but I felt for the kids that have uh, been in a pro academy for when they're eight or nine. And of course, I won't understand why they get released at 12 or 13 because they think they're doing well. Uh, they enjoy that football. They uh, socially uh, developing themselves uh, as kids, as early teenagers. And... It's a year-on-year contract, and every year you're reviewed, so you're already assessed on your performance when you're 10. And I think that's very early. Even though that's life, you're going to be assessed on your performance, and we know that, but is it not too young to to associate them and put them into boxes? I think it's too young now. The system has been like this. We've got to deal with it and cope with it, Um, and simple as that. Yeah. And uh, that's why, as uh, as guardians, as parents, you've got to make them realize that, yeah, it's good that you're playing for Crystal Palace, Leeds United, uh, at such a young age, but just go enjoy yourself, nothing
0: else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, a hundred percent agree, mate. Um, and then you, you represented France at quite a few of the the, the like youth systems, um, yeah. youth level, sorry, up until I think about under under 18s, under 19s, maybe. Um, under
1: 18, yeah, yeah.
0: What sort of players were like big names that was in in teams with you at their age groups?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, big names. I won't be able to say any because, uh, well, unfortunately, my generation, so I'm 82, 1982. uh, The only one I think about, and I've only played one time with him because he was always on a higher level. It's uh, Philippe Maxess, the centre-back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So, so we are the same age, but because he was so much in advance. Every time we were under 15, he was playing with under 16. We were under 16, he was promoted to under 17. So basically, I've only played one time and that was one of the biggest <laughs> games that we had to play. I think it was against Germany and we had to qualify for European. And then even with him, we lost. So basically, we never took part in any official international competition, uh, my generation. Wow. And um, some, some of the players have played Uh, I've made some career not at the top level.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. It
1: it, it is, and it is. And we had such a good one as well. Well, we thought we had. (laughs) But apparently apparently not that good. Um, But yeah, same again. uh, First time we got selected for national team. And I remember that first meeting with with the manager very well, which is uh, now DJ Deschamps' assistant now. All right. Um, He said, he said, guys, it's good for you that you've been selected. That means that you're probably one of the best players from your age at the minute. That doesn't mean that tomorrow you'll be the same player. So don't think for one minute that you made it just because you've been selected. I'm telling you now, there are probably two or three of you that will make it as a professional player. That was the first meeting we ever had for France National under 15 tournament in Switzerland. We all looked at each other like that, saying, like, why is he on about? Why I'm playing for I'm playing for Monaco. I'm in the French national team. Why is he on about? I'm, of course I'm gonna be a professional player. So that's what you think, and you're thinking, This guy's crazy. <laughs> and he, he wasn't cra- he wasn't crazy at all. But no that was can. true. I think only four or five of us made a career. Wow. It and was- I'm probably the only one who made some my in Champions League, really? So, so yeah, so he, he, he was right. Yeah, was experience, great. mate. So experience, yeah. But when you're 15, you won't listen.
0: No, yeah, that's that is true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I at that age. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you think you're strong.
0: I'm 31, <laughs> and I'm still convinced I'm
1: going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. Yeah, you're yeah, you're right. Just think wherever you want to think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. In my head,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and then, um, so, um, so um, yes yeah, so or no, get on to play. So under fifteen, and then sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. I think my last one was one um, call up in uh, under nineteen. I can't even remember who he was against. To be fair. Oh well, wow. fair enough, mate. And kind of disappeared from after that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Greg. Just on to uh, going back to Mexis I just re- I just remember him coming up as a youngster, like in that Auxerre team, and there was yeah. some names, you know, and it, you know like y- y- Capo, Fediga, Cisse. was the Cisse, yeah. There. Cisse. yeah. yeah. And right. him, like, they just come out. Do, do you know what? Obviously, not knowing a lot about French football at the time, obviously you just know like the big teams. They come out of nowhere with that team, and then just started playing Champions League, and it was like it was a whole new perspective on the French sort of game then because they they done really well in that competition and surprised yeah. a lot of people i think
1: yeah no they did to be fair uh auxerre in france uh back to my generation was probably the best pro academy you could have in france even um, i think that yeah that was the best uh, to be fair they always have some top youngsters uh as you name them capo Cisse. Uh, so sense himself, uh, they're all from 1981-1982, uh, they all started their career when they were 17, ready to play 1st in football, and, um, and there's, well, there's reason why they had the career they had yeah. uh, for themselves, to be honest with you. But yeah, back to the day, I remember Auxerre being one of the top academies in France, it's not the best, so there's no wonder why uh, this kind of player made a career and was always selected for French national team all the way through.
0: Yeah, it's no, it's no fluke. Um, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, and then best players as well, like Cisse, definitely at
1: like Liverpool. I loved him. He yeah. it, it, was just yeah, was a funny character. He has a big personality, uh, which, which which honestly you need in football. Does not in what way, but you need that. You need that little bit of ego, a little bit of craziness. You know, uh, he had that, but the ability in front of the goal that he had. Uh, it was very unfortunate with two broken legs. Um, very unfortunate, but the pace he had was amazing. He had so much pace, never seen that before. Could finish left foot, right foot. I don't know from his back. Uh, he could finish just he was a pure finisher, yeah. Just giving the ball, lame shot. Yeah, it's a shame of his injuries, mate. They were awful. He was oh. He was awful, and by, by himself as well, it's not like he was back tackle and everything. He's just was just running and then just. Oh, his bones were not strong enough. But it's just, yeah, it was very <laughs> unfortunate.
0: Should have drank more milk, shouldn't he? <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey, do you know? What? Actually, I've read something about milk not making your bones tougher. Really? I, I don't know. It might not be true. But, you know, when you go, when you Google stuff, sometimes you know you don't know what to say. you know what to believe. <laughs> he should have had a glass of coke at his bedside. <laughs> uh, see, exactly. That's what I think. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna recommend that to any kid. But yeah, yeah, I'm I've, I've one.
0: <laughs> you, you, you'll you see like a Keenan and be in bed with a with a can of coke, next.
1: <laughs> Honestly, yeah, no, he, he doesn't do that. But yeah, if it, if it, if he does, then I'll tell him off. Yeah. <laughs> he said, "But Dad, you're doing it." I said, "I'm 38. I'm retired. <laughs> I can do that." I do what I do as I say. <laughs> That's it, yeah, yeah, it. yeah, exactly. Yeah, sometimes you know.
0: <laughs> and then at, at Monaco, you, you made appearances in the UEFA Cup and in the Champions League. Um, what what was that sort of like at, at such a young age, being thrust into a stage like that?
1: Um, you feel very grateful and very lucky. Uh reason why is only because I was only 19, 20. So I haven't played as much game as I wish I would. Uh, but just being part of that squad... Uh, that reached the Champions League final against Porto, the Porto from Mourinho. Uh, that was good enough for experience when you're 20. Um, did Edition, the time was the manager, Been, uh, have faith in me, uh, give me my debut, uh, always was in contact with me, talking to me, saying, Seb, you need to keep doing what you're doing. Um, even when I wasn't, I wasn't playing much, he was always on my back uh, to, because he wanted me to improve my game all the time. And just being part of that squad, I was just so grateful to watch them play and perform, to be honest with you, because we had such an amazing squad uh, that 2003-2004 season. Great team. It was just just amazing. You've seen the kind of game uh, we pulled off against Chelsea, Real Madrid, the kind of team you just knocked out. (laughs) And you're thinking, wow, what can you say? Are you going to really compete with those guys and claim you need to play. No, you just, you just gonna enjoy it and then uh, be part of training and improve as much as you, as you can as a youngster. But it's just an amazing feeling. I remember one game, um, we played Deportivo La Corona in Spain and you've got 50,000 people there and you've got the Champions League song going on and you've got everything and you've got thrills and you're thinking, wow, yes, I'm a human being. Yes, I, I've got emotion and I've got feeling, but what a feeling. Yeah, oh I man, it's just uh, yeah, I want every football player to know that because that's, that's just great,
0: yeah, big time. Uh, go on, Greg, just on like you touched on Didier there to have someone of his stature, like within the French game, playing for the national team, captaining them when they won the world cup, and that to have someone's backing like that, what how was
1: that amazing? Um. When he, when he joined Monaco, and I remember it very, very well, um, he was a very young manager. I think that was one of his first uh, roles he took as a manager. Uh, you could tell he was a little bit inexperienced in a job. Uh, looking back at it now, because obviously at the time when I was 20, I wasn't even judging. him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when uh, I've learned that DJ Deschamps was joining Monaco as a manager, you feeling impressed. And because of the name, you get the respect of the dressing room straight away just because of the career he had. And uh, okay. he was as well an example as a player uh, because you know how well he led France to 1998 World Cup. And you know the kind of career he was captain of the team. Uh, he was playing for every football club he went to. Uh, so you give him that sort of respect straight away. Um, and myself... I thought, I'm going to be managed probably by one of the best centre midfield we had in a game at the time. So, I was really impressed and I was uh, was glad uh, I had the chance to work with him. And the fact that he liked me as a player, that's the best reward you could get as a young player. You're thinking, did you just not like me as a player? That means I've got something. So, he gives you that strength uh, to want to make it. And if it's not at the club you're at it'll be somewhere else but it gives you that strength it gives you that belief in yourself and that, that thing that's really important when managers take a job uh, of course they'll be choosing the teams but it's more managing people and uh, in my opinion the best you do it the best results you've got out of your squad
0: yeah too right um, and who was it um, Ludovic Julie and Rotten were, were they the two the two that was uh, like ahead of you on, on the wing at the time
1: yep yeah. So, yeah, both of them, uh, row 10, left-footed, left-winger. player. Uh, yeah, He's got a sweet left foot. Honestly, you could laugh. If you, if you let him cross the ball, he'll put it on the spot for you. Yeah. Just r- run your eyes closed, the ball will come. He'll hit you somewhere and it's, it's a goal. Um, but, yeah, and then Julie was a captain. Uh, he was our best player at the time. To be honest with you, he's a uh, so energetic, uh, quality player. You all see me after he uh, he's played for Barcelona anyway, and then Roma and get on to play with Paris Saint-Germain. He had an amazing career. Uh, but more than is such a funny character. Is it? Yeah, well, he probably knows it. Um, he probably won't watch it, but uh, he knows it. But he impressed me in one way. We were to to get to training, and then. Uh, We set up for a small-sided game, and he could make a joke out of nothing, make you laugh the minute the game started, he's already scoring a goal, and you're still (laughs) laughing about his joke. And I'm thinking, how can we switch that quick from making a joke and making everybody laugh to Bill, It started. I've already scored. It's you're down. What are you doing? (laughs) You know, it's uh, it's impressive. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) too fast.
0: Yeah, well, like you said, it's no no surprise he went on to do what he had done in the game because yeah yeah exactly. what a player, mate. That that yeah. team as a whole, some of some of the names that that was in amongst it had like Rafael Marquez also went on yeah uh, to, to Barcelona. Ludovic Zidane. There was one. Me and Greg actually spoke about when we when we first started looking into the team it was Dado Perso as well. Dado
2: uh, Tra- Perso, oh,
0: I love him. What was yeah. he like as, as obviously brilliant centre forward, but what was he like as a character as well as, as as a player?
1: Oh wow! You should just let him talk in French and you laugh. <laughs> believe me, I, I I I'm not well. My English, I don't think my English with my accent sometimes. Mine sounds so funny, but him with his Croatian accent in French <laughs> sounded so funny. And every time he was talking, I was just laughing because I said, "Well, Dado, you're too funny, mate. It's just the way you talk." And um, he was so funny. He was one of the funniest characters, just him and uh, Ludovic Julie uh, A lot of them, to be fair, but them two were just <laughs> out of order sometimes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, because you wouldn't, like, from an outsider just watching him play, I, I wouldn't have even assumed he'd be sort of quite a funny bloke or whatever, either, would you? Like...
1: Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's got two personal topics. He's got, um, what do you say, a behaviour disorder or something like that? I don't know. Um, yeah. He's... Uh, same when he step on the pitch he's uh, the Croatian guys? I'm a warrior and uh, as soon as the game's finished he's just a funny guy all the time making jokes and uh, making pranks and then oh wow sometimes it's it's too much (laughs) (laughs) also during that
0: time as well there was there was another two two, sorry Greg before I come to you mate Shabani Nanda scored goals for fun at at that time Um, he was he was lethal and the other one who, who, like you said, about making jokes and whatever, Patrice Evra, coming yeah. through coming through then as well. Was, was he sort of what we see of him now? Was he a similar uh, yeah. character
1: then? Not that much. You could say that's in his bone, but it wasn't like that yet. He's, um, I think he made the... That's part of him now because, you know, with social media and everything, uh, you step into a character and mm-hmm. if, uh, if people like it, you stick to it yeah um so and he works well for him uh, don't get me wrong he makes me laugh every time I watch his video uh, <laughs> I love this game yeah. you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, back to the back to our time at Monaco he was a young player as well he wasn't that old he was uh, only 21 so yeah. um, he was one of the leaders because he would always been a leader um, in a team but I think there were more confirmed pro player. Uh, that was taking his, uh, this role and this responsibility. So he was a little bit more like a squad player. Uh, of course, making jokes and having fun with everybody, but not that much. Not that like the participant that you all know that now. Yeah. Uh, but you could see that was in him. You mm-hmm. could see that. That was, yeah. There was, there was something fuming, yeah. When he's going <laughs> to get out, you're going to see it. <laughs> uh,
0: go on, Greg. Yeah, it's it. there's just a few other names I just wanted to sort of touch on with you, like uh, Oli, Oli beerhoff and yep. Morientes. He obviously, in that run, he he was on loan from Real Madrid, but yet he played against them. Is that right?
1: That's absolutely, yeah, that's correct. And he made uh, them suffer. <laughs> yeah,
0: so It's like, because obviously sometimes now that doesn't happen, that the player can't play against the loan, the, the parent club and stuff. It's amazing yeah, how that they let a player like him play against them,
1: knowing that yeah. he's the top striker. Like he was a top uh, top striker. I agree. I think that they made that rule because of him. Yeah. <laughs> I think they said, Yeah, yeah, now we're gonna put closing players' contracts. like lone player can play against their own club. <laughs> 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 I think that was because of him.
0: <laughs> he started, it, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah well it. well, it's, well, the fact, the fact that we had uh, Fernando Morientes on loan to Monaco, that was déjà just a great deal for us. I mean, uh, I don't know who, uh well, at the time, he probably probably the sporting director that made that happen, but when we learned that he's going to join us, we thought, wow, are we going to really get a Real Madrid player at Monaco? I mean, <laughs> wow, OK. Well, we're going to win a League with that, and we almost did.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Some <laughs> so, move, Some Yeah, move. no, yeah. And about just- Olivier but Oliver Bierhoff, um, I haven't known him that much. Didn't say that long ago. I can't remember. I've only had one game, I think, with him. Uh, and I think I crossed the boat for him, put him on the spot, and he missed. And I was pissed. <laughs> Ollie, and I, went, I said, Oliver, you Oliver, you've got 350-some goals. <laughs> I said, score on when I, <laughs> when I cross, you've got to score. <laughs> I'm only twenty. I need uh, I need stats. I need assists. I need goals. You're right, mate if You put it on the plate. He should score. I put it, uh, honestly. I put him on the plate for him. I put him right in front of the whole defense. All he had is to a little tap tapping, think it, click it over.
0: <laughs> He's letting
1: you down, there, mate. <laughs> Completely. <laughs>
0: there was uh, there's just a couple more as well. I don't know whether you was um, whether you was at the club at the time or or, or what. Um, Javier Saviola and
1: Michael. Okay, oh. uh Mekon, Mekon, I had just had left at the time. So oh. um have no, never played with him. Saviola uh just had a chance to make season with him because I left that season when he joined uh loan. So just, just, a, just a few training sessions or something else. He's <laughs> <laughs> only small. I think he's I think he's smaller than me. It's, yeah, it's just it's it's just the way he moves, mate. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Some players don't need to be fast. Some players don't, don't need to be powerful. They're just football brains. <laughs> yeah, they just got it. Yeah. yeah. It some,
0: some yeah. Player. Great player, mate. Yeah, great player, yeah. D- during your, your period at, at, at Monaco, obviously that, that season when they when they made the Champions League final, you, you had a period of, uh, a loan period at West Ham as well. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know how long you was there, only a few months, I think. But uh, was it under Alan Pardew as well? That was under Alan Pardew,
1: yes. What was,
0: what was it like sort of coming over to England at the time? Did you speak much English or any English? And what was it like not, adjusting?
1: Not a word. Um, well, basically, is a way well, to put it in context. I need to tell you how this happened first. Um, at Monaco, my game was limited, of course, by Ludovic Julie and Jerome Roten performances. Uh, but at the same time, I was a little bit impatient and I wanted to play, get in more time so I could be ready to play first in football for Monaco. So my idea was to go alone at some point, uh, which I regret dearly now um, because of the championship campaign that the club has uh, led uh, this season. So I've missed a few major games uh, while I was on loan at uh, West Ham. So basically, because I was trying to gain some more game time uh, back to, to the time. I've asked my agent if I could go on loan, and West Ham came uh, out of nowhere. And I remember I spent two days there just to visit the club, and uh, everything went fine. And Alan Pardieu talked to me, and uh, I got a translator at the time because I couldn't speak uh, a word. And I just felt like he really wanted me to help with their championship uh, season. Mm-hmm. So I said, Why well, you not? Know, it's a great club with a great history. Uh, they might be back in the Premier League. I don't know, but that gives me some visibility if I get some game time. And unfortunately, I didn't get any. I don't think... I think I played as a sub one time against Crew alexandria at the time. And yeah. that was it. And uh, what I regret the most is that I spoke to... to the manager, to Alan. And I said, if you don't need me or if you're not going to use me, I'd rather go back to Monaco. And... Uh, and I enjoyed the Trump campaign on the bench because that's, that was great. And he said, if I didn't need you, I would tell you. And he kept saying, I kept saying, I kept, I kept believing it. And uh, I ended up uh, going back to Monaco in April. Um, and it was too late, DJ said, I would take you back, but can't you, I can't put you back on the list now. So I said, no, that's fine. I just joined the team and I just enjoy being with the squad. That's it, but I've missed all that. And what I regret the most uh, for the story is that Ludovic Julie after I signed for, um, for West Ham got injured for two months with a broken foot? So that would have is been it... me playing.
0: Oh, mate.
1: Yeah, so that's uh, people, not a lot of people know that. Uh, people who watch you will know now, but that's, I think that's my biggest regret in football. It's all about making decisions, and I made the wrong one. Yeah, hindsight's
0: a, a wonderful thing, isn't it? Looking back, it's easy to sort of. Yeah. But who was to know that was going to happen? And that it's yeah, such a shame, mate. Um, said, it. Hunger takes over. And you just wanted to play.
1: Yeah, then... yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, DJ Deschamps came to me and said, I don't think that's a good idea that you're going alone. We've got a lot of games. We've got the Champions League. We've got the French Cup. We've got the French Carling Cup. Uh, we've got the league that we're still on. Uh, there are about 30-something games. You're gonna get some games at some point, and I remember because he pulled me aside uh, in a dressing room, uh, on a, in a kit room. It was a, I remember well, and he said, "I don't think that's a good idea. You should stay, said. I said, "I'm not gonna make the decision for you, but that's my advice." Didn't listen to him at the time. I I should have.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's um, yeah, it's just one of them things, isn't it? Really, looking back, it's easy to sort of yeah. think, but if yeah, so oh, such a shame, mate. It's, um, it is, yeah. Yeah, did you? Was it the following season, sorry, when, when you came back, was it that they couldn't add you onto the, the squad list then to go in to play in the Champions League again yeah. for them?
1: Yeah, because in Champions League, then you make a list of 25 uh, player squad uh, yeah. when you start it for the group stage one. Then I was part of, and then I went on loan. And then when the qualification starts, when the knockout stage starts, you know you've got to do another list. And yeah. I wasn't on that list.
0: Oh, man.
1: Yeah. So frustrating. So, so it, it, yeah, it is. It, it's unbelievable. And uh, I think, yeah, watching on TV and watching Ludovic Juli got injured and I think, well, I was just hoping it was not too serious. And I yeah. just found out that he was a broken foot out of two months. And I'm thinking, wow, that would have been me. But, well, fortunately enough for another player that made a career out of someone else. He's a good yeah. friend. <laughs> He's made a He's made an amazing career because of this.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's crazy, sort of how decisions and moments like that, like one one player getting injured, can change, however yeah. many other players' careers. You know, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is insane, really. Yeah, but yes, I suppose that's that's one of them them things in football, isn't it? Really. But um, and then with the following the following season, return returning to Monaco, you you, you had another period of loan out to another French
1: side. Is it Châteauroux? Châteauroux, yeah. Well, championship in France, so League right. 2. Uh, How has this happened? Um, it's because when I came back, uh, I had a meeting with DJ and uh, he said, Seb, you're a quality player and I'll keep you around, but I won't be able to give you as much game time as you deserve. So he's been completely honest with me and say, if you think that you need to go on loan, then." that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. So um, I had already set up um, a loan for myself uh, using friends and, uh, and contacts uh, to get to Lorient. Uh, I spoke to the manager at the time, um, uh, and he said, uh, this is the way we play. We only play with small players because we've got a certain ways to play. And I love that. I said, you're going to be playing as a number 10. Uh, you be, you're going to be doing this, doing that. It's going to be good for you. And I said, okay, no problem, I'll come. Uh, spoke to the manager twice and then uh, Monaco sporting director decided they had a partnership uh, club <clears throat> with Chateau and said, you're going to go there. And I'm thinking, I've just spoke to Lorient's manager twice and I gave him my word that I was going to join the club Does um, that made me go there. And uh, I remember because uh, I didn't take the decency to call back the manager at Lorient and say, listen, I'm really sorry, but Monaco is going to send me to Châteauroux." Because I was young and I was scared. I didn't know what to tell him. Yeah. And funny enough, first game with Chateau, we play against uh, Lorient and a score and we win 2 1. You
0: killed him twice? <laughs> oh, God.
2: <laughs>
1: and that was, that was probably two, three weeks after I spoke to him about joining Lorient. So, oh, no. Did he well, say anything to you? Sh- no, he didn't even look at me. Oh. <laughs> Listen, I understand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's brilliant. <laughs> what are the chances, eh? <laughs> what was that great? Sorry. probably still haunts him now.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Wait, well, if if I call him one day, he'll probably remember as he said, Why are you calling me? I remember what you've done back to
0: 2005. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then um at the end of that season, you ended up making a, a permanent switch over to, to to Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, with the experience you sort of had previously in England, did you sort of I don't know? Did did you sort of still want to come over here to to prove you can do it in the English game? Was there something about coming over that didn't it obviously didn't put you off the experiences at West Ham? Was it just one of them? Well. Um-
1: I've always been attracted by um, English football, uh, by the league. uh, The atmosphere, the fact that football here is more religion than anything else. I mean, people are real fans, real supporters. Um, If you go back to France, it doesn't matter. I've played Champions League with Monaco, but nobody will remember me. (laughs) Here at Leeds, I've left left the club 10 years ago and still six years ago, people were thinking, where are you? Are you injured? Because I (laughs) I was part of the club. It, uh, it, gives yeah. you, it gives you that much about people and about football here. And I've always been attracted to that because I wanted to play to entertain people. And to entertain people, you've got to have people that respond to that. And I yeah. think in the uh, in UK more than anywhere else, you've got that. You've got that proximity with the fans. Uh, you've got that relationship that you don't have anywhere else, I think, uh, in yeah. my opinion. And uh, that's what attracted me. Um, now, when I got the opportunity to join Brighton, um, I was concerned because West Ham was such a flop that my missus said, never again. So basically, when my agent said, we've got something for you in Brighton, I said, that's in England. I said, I'm not going to say that to Sabrina. It's my wife, by the way. Um, and he said, well, I don't know, but it could be a great opportunity. I mean, they like you. They want to uh, sign you straight away. And we've got a deal with Monaco that will let you go for free. So nothing to pay so I spoke to the missus we agree on it and then uh, in two days it was done wow yeah
0: <laughs> it's, it's a quick move then isn't it it
1: <laughs> was a quick move yeah again I've asked uh, Didier Deschamps advice about uh, going back to England uh, a club like Brighton and he's just been really honest saying like it might be good for yourself and the reason why is because I've been given that much budget that I would be spending on big players he said, yeah. so you're now, you're 21 now, 21, 22, and at some point you need to gain some experience. And it's unfortunate that it won't be at Monaco anymore. But if you've got the opportunity to join Brighton, I will not hold you. We'll not ask for any transfer fee. We will just simply release you by mutual consent and we let you go and enjoy your career.
0: Brilliant. That's, that's, that's top level. I like that.
1: Um, that's, 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 yeah, top notch. Yeah. Yeah. Go on, Greg. Yeah, I was just about to say the same sort of thing.
0: It sort of sums up the man, doesn't it? To sort of, he's being totally honest with you, but he's actually, it seems like he cares. He's like, I want you to go, you know, you're not going to be playing here, but you need your career, for you as a person, you need to now go and play and get some good life experience. And yeah, it just sums him up. He seems like a, a really top man, top player, top man, top manager.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is the reason why you can't hold any grudges against those kind of people because they've been honest with you. And I think any, well, any people in life in general, not not just football players, they like honesty. And if you're dead honest with someone, of course they're going to get upset because at the time uh, you want to stay where you are and try to play, but it's not not right. And they're telling you that it's not right. Uh, But now looking far back, you're thinking, yeah, all he wanted is he cared. He yeah. cared and he's been honest. So you can't hold any grudges for a manager not paying you at a time when he's been dead honest with you. That's simply not possible.
2: Yeah. And
1: any pro footballer, uh, any retiree will tell you the same thing. Listen, I like this manager. Yes, I didn't play that much with him. But he's been honest, start to finish with me. And yeah. I respect that.
0: That's brilliant. We we've had a few um ex-professionals on in in recent weeks and months that we've spoken to about their careers and uh it's it's a common theme that the managers that sort of are honest with them regardless of if they they're going to be playing with playing them or basically saying we don't think you're good enough or you're not going to get games regardless of what they say if they're honest the players respect that because we've had yeah. quite a few people on um where basically managers have done the opposite they've avoided the conversation they don't really and mm-hmm. then they end up wasting however long in their career because they're not, not being honest with so it's, it's good that he's done that
1: yeah yeah, yeah is very good and I, th- this is why um, and I don't hold any grudges again uh, I'm past that now but if at the time at West time Alan Tardew has been very honest with me I would have gone back to Monaco and I would yeah. have probably enjoyed something else he wasn't at the time, and I don't hold that against him, but I just regret that we couldn't have this convers- this honest conversation.
0: That, that's exactly it. Yeah, It's all it takes, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Um. And then coming over to Brighton was Mark McGee was in in charge at the time. Yeah, um, Mark McGee. Yeah. Did <laughs> you understand a <laughs> word he said?
1: <laughs> oh no! Don't don't even start. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you know, uh, I had a uh, call in richard such a nice oh, yeah. lad. Yeah, helped me a lot when uh, I joined Brighton, uh, helping my, helping uh, finding a flat, uh, registered to a GP, uh, social life, everything. Uh, mm. just, uh, he just scared straight away. He came to me and said, if you need anything, just let me know. Uh, and because he's originally from London, uh, his accent was slightly better. So I made him repeat a few things a few times. But he was helping me when sometimes Mark was speaking, because honestly, Ma- Maggie, Bob Booker, as his assistant, I was like, what are they saying? Please, <laughs> help me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I could said, Do you know what? He just said, Seb, whoever you like on the pitch, go wherever you want to go. It, it, it's fine with him. This is what he said. I said, really? You're, you're for real? Because if, if I'm playing right and I'm going left, I don't want to hear anything from the manager. <laughs> <laughs> But, no, Matt McGee, I had, had, again, a great relation with him. Uh, And, I mean, that came from the fact that he really wanted me at the club. Uh, He really enjoyed uh, what I could bring to the team. And uh, straight away, he worked. Uh, He worked well because uh, he knew what I could bring uh, on the pitch and trusted my abilities. And he gave me that freedom that I always wanted from someone. Uh, He gave me that brighton. And... Week in, week out, uh, at training, uh, always speaking to me, even if I didn't understand everything, the fact that we just conversed was uh, good enough for me.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, the trust he had in me was just an, just amazing, and uh, I loved it.
2: That's I just
1: uh, just loved it. I had a, such a great time, such a great season. At Brighton. I know everything didn't go the way we wished. Uh, things would have gone because we got relegated at the end.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it wasn't the best season that a football club could have. I'm just saying as a personal point of view, uh, in terms of, I had some game time. I think I have played 36, 37 games out of 46 games. Um, so, no, I've enjoyed it. Because for yeah. the first time in my career, I've actually played the full season, first team.
0: Yeah, regular football, mate. It's massive. So regular football, yeah. Yeah. Over to you, Greg. Yeah, just going on what you. Uh, funny you touched on um, Colin Kazim Richards there because I was going to ask you about him. Um, he's obviously very young at the time, and I was just going to ask you about what he was like because I remember I'm not very when I meet someone I'm not very like I don't rush up to like if someone's famous or whatnot or I don't rush up to them. But I remember meeting him, and we was in New York at the time and. At, I was with my missus and we was walking down the street and I just was like, that's Colin Cousins Richards. And he's one of probably the only persons that I, I actually just went up to them straight away. I didn't have any problem. I just said, Colin. And he was like, yeah, mate. He was like, so, and we, we had a little chat straight away sort of thing. And he was, he was such a nice bloke. So it's funny that you mentioned it. I was, I was going to ask you what he was like, but obviously he was, um, he yeah. was very, he didn't mind that I stopped him in his tracks even then, so he was very humbling in like sort of then. But
1: to hear what you said that, as well, that, that's that's him. About. Yeah, is um yeah. well. When I joined Brighton, honestly, first day he just came to me say if you if you if you need anything, just ask. And honestly, he helped me find my first flat, uh, so my missus and my newborn could come uh, straight away, uh, yeah. helped me register with a GP uh, and what well, everything. To be fair. And that was coming from a guy uh, I didn't even know about uh, two days prior to that. <laughs> so no, so that's not. It was very helpful, very funny. Uh, as we said, it doesn't surprise me that you stopped him in the street and he just stopped and then started chatting. Yeah,
0: yeah, just the yeah, way it yeah. is. I was very surprised because I don't like to do that, but he he just literally yeah we stopped and had a photo and it was everything was fine. Like you know, I didn't. Some people might turn their nose up, you know, like or whatever, but.
1: He was, yeah, yeah he, was, he was. He also liked a little bit of competition with me. He was saying like, you know, you know, you're not strong enough. He said you need to go to the gym because I was coming from Monaco. I did a little that. I'd never been to the gym before, and he said uh, I can move you in with one finger. I said, well, no, you can't. He said, what do you mean? I said, you can't catch me too fast. <laughs> yeah, hey, you see my feet moving. <laughs> so we're having a joke about that all the time on the pitch. That's make him a few times though. <laughs> yeah. He's had a good he's career as well, hasn't well.
0: he? He's doing yeah. well at
1: now. He's doing well uh, at... Yeah, he's at Derby now. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, he's
1: doing well, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's been around for a while, hasn't he? Kazim Richards now. Um, yeah. th- th- there was another guy, actually, a bit of a controversial character that you played with in your first time at Brighton as well. Leon Knight.
1: Oh. <laughs> Leon Knight.
0: <laughs> he's obviously <laughs> sort of a bit out there with, with some of his 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 views. <laughs> um Yeah. What was he, because from what is portrayed of him now and what you hear, he seems like he would have been a bit of a,
1: a hothead,
0: a bit of a hard character to be around.
1: Be, because he is. I was going to say, is, is that genuinely what he's like? Yeah, that's, that's the way he is. And Leon, if you're watching this, you know you are. <laughs> <laughs> simple, that team that, you, you can't calm the guy down. It's impossible. Wow. The guy is just a hothead. He'll react to anything you just throw at him. Simple <laughs> as that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but hey, what a, what a player was for Brighton, though. He could, oh. yeah, he could score. Yeah, he could score. He had some amazing abilities. And um, well, sometimes you wonder what some talented guys like that doesn't make another, another amazing career mm. uh, at some point. But, well, it's down to other things, other stuff. And I think he knows better than us, so... I'm just going to leave it to that. But yeah, he's a hothead. He is. <laughs> <laughs> I love but, it. Uh, uh, it, it, it. It was funny at the time because, well, me personally, I don't understand the world of English. So the so way you just act, I'm just going to laugh, you know, so that's it.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Go on, Greg. I mean, that season, so that's first, did you get relegated that first season? Yeah, we did. I mean, how, how was that? Obviously, you've come over, you've, You've obviously enjoyed it, as you said, because it's your first real season in men's football and that. But how tough was that to be f- like thrust into the, the English game and then in, in a relegation scrap?
1: Uh, very hard. Because uh, when I joined Brighton, that wasn't to be... And I don't think when you join a football club, you're thinking about being relegated, uh, to be honest with you. But the frustration came from many, many, many games that you, we just lost point to. Uh, when you're thinking about the game that you had the performance that you pulled off and you didn't get what you deserve you thinking because I think it was tight as well we, don't, we didn't get relegated by 15 or 20 points uh, we'd just be unlucky at some point um, in the season and I think some even myself at the time because I think I finished with probably five or six assists and a couple of goals and looking back at that season I could have scored 10 or 12 goals, but um, I didn't apply myself enough in front of the goal, which would have cost us less less points. And you're frustrated about that, end because you're thinking back about your performances and you're thinking, well, maybe we've not done enough at some point. So you, you're disappointed, but you can't think about this too much. You've got to think about next season, uh, which in my cell, uh, which I was thinking about, at the same time, it was really hard because right after the last game of the season, I got called from Leeds United. So I had the chance from being relegated to have an opportunity to get back to where I wanted to be with such a great club like Leeds United. So that disappointment didn't last long for me because after the last game, all the disappointment, you got called from one of the biggest clubs uh, in uh, England history. So, so it didn't last long, uh, for me if you know that frustration, yeah. Um, so I got back up quite quick, uh, which was great at the time.
0: And and then obviously, you definitely, yeah. you like Leeds rang you, you had a, a release clause in, in your contract. Um, so, so Leeds got in touch, um, and uh, yeah, brought you in from there, and they had only just missed out on. Getting promotion barely the year before, yeah. lost in the playoff final. Um, did you sort of know much about the club at the time? Because um, obviously, the, the previous sort of decade, they were in, in the Champions League as well, in, yeah. in and amongst Europe. Was you, was you aware of
1: a lot oh, of yeah, New United? Yeah, I, knew, I, I didn't know everything, but I knew about a little bit of the story of the club. Brilliant. Um, what, what I was hoping. Uh, because I got contacted um, after last game, is they were still in the playoff. Ah, right. Exactly. So if you think what well, I so at the time, you were thinking, okay, it's Leeds United. You know their history. Uh, you know they've been in the Premier League not far ago, a couple of years ago. And they're going to be probably, probably being Premier League again next season. So you're going to be signing for a Premier League club, which was yeah. honestly when I signed for Brighton and Brighton knew it. That was a kind of a stepping stone club for me
2: yeah.
1: because I agreed to lower my expectation to get some game time, mm-hmm. to get back up and to me, when I got <laughs> contacted by Leeds, that was exactly my the mission and the mission was almost accomplished Yeah, unless they had to, lust, uh, to lose against the Watford in the final and I thought, no! <laughs> <laughs> I said, but you know what? I'm going to sign the three years anyway because we're going to get to Prem with me.
0: <laughs> oh my! <mate. laughs> so you, oh. Was with us, you was with us fans then, wanting us to win? <laughs> yeah, <up>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was. <laughs> That's amazing. That was such a depressing day. That Christ.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, well, oh uh, for everybody. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, and then like Kevin Blackwell was in in charge when when you joined. Yes, I've heard a bit of a mixed bag from players that played under him um in relation to their thoughts on him and another guy you played with Robbie Blake was very open with his opinions on on Blackwell and his lack of ability as a manager um do you sort of echo that statement or what was your sort of opinion of,
1: of him as a manager um well I think I have said that in another podcast uh a little while back um Kevin Blackwell is the manager who brought me to Leeds and gave me that opportunity um, to start with. Uh, I know, I read the rumors and I heard about the fact that he got sacked because people were thinking that he lost the dressing room
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, at some point. I'm going to be very honest, I didn't feel that way at all. Right. Uh, and it's probably, the way I didn't feel that is probably because my English wasn't still the best. Uh, I could understand a few things now because mm-hmm. I've been in a year. Uh, but I wasn't aware of everything. Uh, to be fair, all I was paying attention is on the training ground and on the pitch, uh, on a week at a weekend or the midweek game. Um, everything outside football, I wasn't paying attention much. Uh, so if he lost the dressing room in a certain way, I didn't feel that at all. Uh, now his ability as a manager well, everybody's got his opinion. If Blakey thinks that he didn't (laughs) have what it takes to be a great manager. That's his opinion and that's not that's a no problem. I didn't feel that way at the time because, well, I had a very good preseason, um, not very different from what I had at Monaco.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, in terms of approach to the game, him and John Carver, uh, I think, were the guys who brought back the um, a championship fi- a player finals the year before. So you've got to give them credit for that. Yeah, um, of and I think uh, when he got sacked uh, early September, uh, in my opinion, and again, that's very my opinion, I was suffer too early. And I'm saying yeah. that because as a new player, when you send a three-year contract, just buying a house, put your kids to school, and you've got a change of manager, you're thinking, OK, I had a manager that wanted, that wanted me, who's going to be taking in charge? Is he going to want me? Is he going to bring some new players in? That's completely different. And yeah. you put everything in question, thinking, "What? Well, you're scared a little bit. Because you know you've got the ability to play, but every manager has got a different view, different opinion, yeah. different philosophy of play, and you might not be in his plan. And you're yeah. scared of that.
0: And, well, I don't know if, what it was like for you then, because obviously John Carver, I think, took over on a temporary basis before um, Ken Bates put his best friend in charge, and Dennis Wise come over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and gus was his was his assistant who later managed you again when you went back to brighton but um what what was dennis wise what was his approach to, towards players because he was very sort of confrontational and um liked to put people down so uh, did you sort of have that experience with him
1: yeah I did really i did Well, he knows it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he knows how us a, a counter uh when he when he joined the club wasn't the best uh, but I always give the respect to manager deserve uh, at the end of the day because he's my boss. Simple as that. Uh, he decides. If he, if he thinks that you're not part of the plan for X or Y reasons, that you've got to say, okay, no problem, even if you disagree with it. So we had a few conflict uh, to start with. It didn't last long. Uh, funny enough, what brought us back together was a fine I was supposed to pay. <laughs> I didn't want to pay it. Um, I think I came in late, uh, some training and, you know, when you don't pay your fines, uh, you get 50 pound fine. And then if you don't pay it, it just double every week or every day or something like that, uh, it could end up being thousands of pounds. If you don't pay for a few weeks, which was my case. So brought me to his office <laughs> and I said, Whoa, I got his, atten- his attention now. Okay, good. <laughs> so we exchanged words. Uh, it was kind words. Uh, because it was a very constructive and open uh discussion uh i've agreed to pay the fine uh half of it, and i said <laughs> and he agrees to give me a real chance All right and from that day that's where i started to perform for him wow so now it takes a well it takes a man to not apologize but to recognize when he made some mistake from both sides from like on that because i wasn't perfect um but the fact that I got his attention and he gave it to me and gave me a chance, we had a good chat, and then after that, everything went fine. It doesn't matter whether I was playing part of the plan, he had we had this relationship now when uh Walter went under the bridge, and then let's move on, yeah. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. I suppose that's good. You've sort of called him out on it, and a fair play to yeah, you,
1: yeah, no, exactly. And now, uh, honestly, why is he if I got him on the phone? We like friends. No problem. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, honestly, absolutely. We had this kind of relationship because he's, he was a young manager and he, yeah, likes he, to be cl- yeah, he, he likes to be close to his player. He loves the player that he's working with. He's really like that. He's very friendly. Uh, yes, you said he can be, uh, he likes to be in conflict and go at people and put people down. But that's just to test, to test you. It's really right. a test. It's really a test of character. Mm-hmm. It's how you react. Uh, and I remember how captain didn't react very well because he got well, he got transferred uh, after that. Was uh was it Nichols? Yeah, Kevin Nichols, yeah. Kevin Kevin Luton, Nichols, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh he made him our captain straight away when he signed. Um and they fell out for I don't know, I don't know what reason it was. I think he tested him, didn't react well, bam, bomb squad.
0: Yeah, it was a weird situation with Kevin Nichols because he was a very good player. And when we when we brought him in, like you said, he was made captain. And he sort of become a bit of a hate figure amongst Leeds United fans because he was in and out so quickly and it was there was lots of different rumours about what had what had gone on. But yeah, it was a he obviously just clashed with wise It was one of them things, isn't it? Really? You just Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, go on, Greg, over to you, mate. Just about Dennis Wise. Obviously, um having come from Monaco when Didier was a new manager and obviously then went to Brighton and Mark McGee is obviously like been around a while and then coming back to Dennis he's obviously quite new to management at that point had you had did you know about his upbringing within football and his his um his career to to understand why he was like that like with you know the the Wimbledon era that he grew up in yep yeah which is probably Which is why he was probably like that, obviously, and then he was obviously Chelsea captain and whatnot, and I can imagine that is why he was like that
1: and yeah. wanted to take people. Yeah, no, yeah, so was- yeah I knew, I, I knew that, uh, I knew, uh, I knew the guy, uh, and I knew him better than what he think it is. Um, he thought I was because we have, I thought he would remember our first encounter, which was a few years back. Uh, I had a little. Trial at Southampton. And I think that was the last year of, um, before he retired. He was, okay. uh, he wa- he was there, he had pre season with them, and I was there on trial. And i played two friendlies with him.
0: No way. And
1: I thought he would remember me when he signed for Leeds. Uh,
2: okay.
1: I really thought he would remember me, and he didn't. And in, um, he, just, he just denied me for no reason. So that's why we clashed. Because I said, this guy doesn't even remember We played two friendly games at Southampton a few years back. He wasn't that far back. It yeah. wasn't 10 years back. You probably <laughs> nutmegged think... him in
0: training or something. He did remember. He was just pretending he didn't.
1: <laughs> Maybe. And ne- uh, Do you know what? I never asked you, but I need to ask him now.
0: <laughs> He'll come to I'll, I'll, like, I'll, yeah.
1: I'll WhatsApp him after that. Why he? Do you remember that or not? Because I need to. I mean, <laughs> always, always always it, yeah. The truth come out now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, I had uh, I had met him before.
0: Yeah, that's mad um yeah. and obviously still at, at the club it was a uh, obviously come from where where the club was in previous seasons in the, the heights of the, the european campaigns and whatever there was still a couple of players that were that were a part of the team uh, in yes. Ga- gary Kelly and eric backer um that were, that were still at the club when when you came over um yeah. what what was what was it sort of like playing with players like that that were had stepped down to that level, was they still, even though they was at the back end of their career, were they still a class above?
1: Yes. Yes, they were. Really? Well, Eric, Eric um, left us quite early uh, that season.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, but you could tell. First training session, you could tell they were just a little class above and they were Champions League players. Uh, Gary Kelly, I had the chance to play with him for a full season and honestly, funniest character I ever met. Um, same again. He's uh, English. I said, "Well, Kels, you need to pick slower with me. Come on, mate." <laughs> <laughs> because he was right back. I was right wing, so it was my guy protecting me when I lost the ball. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but it he was. Uh, he's been great with me because uh, Kels was uh, Kels was telling me, to know, said, do your thing. Don't even think about going back and tracking back. I'll do. I'll do it. I'll cover this. I'll cover you ass." Just do your thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, do your thing, and do your magic. Uh, I let you do it. No problem. Wow. That's uh, brilliant. So, so yeah, it was um, to fair. It was a uh, it was a leader in a dressing room. It was uh, someone people would listen to. People would come for advice. Everything. It's just yeah. a shame that it didn't work out with uh, when wisey came. Yeah, Justin, YZ was was just just such a shame, him, didn't they? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He clashed with him. I think wisey clashed with everything. Everybody that had. Um, a big wage at the club. And yeah. uh, I can understand why. It's because you're thinking this guy is still on 30-something a week and um, we're struggling at the minute. Uh, I need to get rid of him, but I don't know how to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, because so I've heard sometimes. stories of, of
0: Bates basically had off the record tasked him with getting rid of these sort of guys. Yeah. It was on the yeah, big wage. And one yeah, of you he knew Gary Kelly weren't going to go anywhere, really. He was leads through and through. But he's... Yeah. Uh, I've heard stories that one of the the things he was trying to do was get a rise out of him, um, and he, he was trying to get Kells to sort of
1: snap so they could terminate. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that sometimes that's what they do. I mean, it's not it's not a hiding secret that sometimes football clubs would act in a certain way to make players snap so they can get rid of them and get rid of the big wage at the same time. Um, Kells was, of course, and. Uh, and uh, well deservedly on the big wages at the club. Why uh, they was struggling with budget because he wanted to bring new players in. But mm-hmm. To be able to bring new players in, you've got to get rid of some of the big wage. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't think that's the best option to get rid of the player because if you clash with someone, it's just gonna annoy you by staying. So, yeah, and yeah. Kels at the time is most um, the highlight of his career was years before he was at the end of it. So. He's, he's not in need of money. He's not in need of uh, being the best player on the pitch. He uh, just needs to be respected. When you come towards the end of career, all you want is a little bit of respect for what you've done of and you, the experience that you have. And, uh, of course, now you're thinking, yes, yeah, there was probably some better option you could have found uh, uh, at the time. But, well, it's his story now. So,
0: That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um... And that year obviously didn't didn't go great anyway in the championship. The club ended up Ooh, getting, wow. going into well, administration.
2: Well. Off the yeah. field
0: was a, was a shambles as well, um, and got relegated into League One. Uh, obviously, from a fan's point of view, it was was devastating off the field and.
1: Oh, I understand that
0: everything that was that was going on around the club, it was just a poisonous place. Really, yeah. did did that sort of filter into the club itself? Did it sort of feel? Like, this isn't
1: really a a nice atmosphere around this place. Uh, It felt, honestly, it felt horrible. And this is controversial, but when we got relegated with Brighton, I said, I got back up quite early because I got that call from Leeds United. Well, didn't get that after we got relegated with Leeds United. So I felt everything. I felt all the pain, uh, frustration, disappointment. And I felt it for weeks, if it's not for months. Um, Because... Our ambition, my ambition when I joined the club was to play Premier League football. Mm-hmm. And you end up you end up playing League One football. <laughs> so so yeah, that's uh that's a big that's a big, big, big um thing to take. Uh now again, uh, you can't hold that for too long because you've got to get back up at some point. So but yeah, I've got to tell you, it was um we we got hurt. It was really like we got really hurt uh, yeah. everybody um and so i'm sorry my kids are there and they're shouting right. sometimes. So if <laughs> <laughs> um so no no we felt we felt that um now a lot have happened out of the pitch uh with the administration and the financial state of the club um we all received that thick of documents from uh, some company called KPMG. We do, I don't know what what was about, I don't know what to say. Uh but uh yeah, we know that, the administrators weren't they? Yes, but the club was in trouble. That's all we knew. Uh whether they were gonna be a Leeds united for next season, we didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just uh we just were waiting. Uh unfortunate enough uh Ken Bates. I don't know how he's done it. I don't care. But he sold Not the club and it back with another company. So he did it. I don't know how that came through, but he did it. Um, so that made the club still uh, fit uh, to be run. Um, and we had to start building building back uh, a League One team to get back uh, to championship. Because that's where we were. That was the reality at the time. And it's strange because well, I've decided to stay at the club. Uh, It was League One football. I didn't want to play in League One, but I knew where I was anyway. uh, I knew I needed to do something. I couldn't just leave the club. I could have left to another championship side. That was easy. Um, But for the first time, I didn't take the easy route. Uh, And I still, you know, I'm going to stay. I'm going to fight. Uh, And it's going to be hard. Uh, There's going to be some up and down, but we'll deal with it. And uh, this is one of the best decisions I've ever made. Uh, there were some up and downs. Uh, I wasn't happy for the whole season through, but, um, and I think I said that before many times, um, the atmosphere that we had, uh, was and Gospoy had built a squad based on relationship, uh, togetherness, uh, love. And I know that's some strong words, but that was (laughs) really it. (laughs) That was really it. Honestly, we would come to the training ground two hours before training, we would leave two hours after, when sometimes you just come five minutes before and you leave as soon as it's finished. Um, that was uh, how together we wanted to be. Uh, I think eight or nine players <clears throat> were still not contracted registered because the club couldn't. Yeah. Uh, so basically, not, not getting paid, uh, not knowing if they're going to get paid at some point, not knowing if their contract going to be um registered at some point with the with the FA and they're still there. Uh, I'm thinking about Matt Heath Alan Thompson. Uh they were the only kind of player that was still there, not getting paid and still be okay, no, we're gonna stay, I'm gonna fight with you guys. Brilliant. Because uh, you want us around, so we're gonna be around. So Alan being end up being our captain, uh the club get get back uh financially stable and we enjoyed those f- minus 15 points. That was the best thing the league could have done to us. Yeah. Because, yeah, because, okay, you're all against us. So we're going to be together and we're going to show you who we are. And this is why we scrapped those 15 points in seven games. So, well, that's so it. That was uh, one of our
0: first seven games. And I, I re- still to this day, like, obviously, the last couple of seasons as a league fan have been phenomenal, but it's probably my. One of my favourite seasons, if not my favourite season, as a Leeds fan. Um, and some people, f- like that, are neutrals, find that ridiculous. Like League One minus fifteen, but it was, like you said, the whole, ev- the world was against us. Yeah. And it was that middle finger up to to everyone. Really, we're going to prove everyone wrong, and we're going to get back to where we want to be and deserve to be. And it was it was amazing moments, and it's why yourself and the majority of that team, and then players are remembered at, at Leeds, and and they they will be forever because because of that. It's it's an iconic moment. Touch wood, we we sort of never end up back in that position oh, yeah. and in, yeah. in, in at them levels. But it was amazing experience to be there as as a club of our stature and where we'd come from, and the way you guys attacked that that season was just unbelievable, mate. It was uh, you, yeah. You,
1: you. It was, and I agree with you, and I'm not a big talker in the dressing room, but I remember saying one, just one thing. Um, before stepping onto the pitch, that was before, was it before the South End game? First home game, I think it was? Yeah. I think, guys, we've got a chance to be part of the history of the club just because of everything that happened. It doesn't matter whether you league two, league one, Premier League, Championship player. We've got a chance to be history of the club. We've got a chance to make history with the club. Imagine if we scrapped those 15 points in less than two months. Imagine if we're in a playoff position by Christmas. Imagine yeah. if we get promoted straight back up. I mean, imagine all those kind of things. And to be fair, the only thing that was missing was the promotion at the end. Yeah, you've
0: done all of that <laughs> other than that. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Well, that, like that, that no. one, sorry, sorry, Greg? Came close to getting promoted, didn't you? Didn't you, lo-
1: we you, did you lose? We lost against Doncaster final? 1-0. Yeah, against Play Doncaster off. 1-0.
0: Yeah, without the 15th, no we'd have had automatic promotion sort of thing. It, it, it would have been in the automatic promotion place, but so be it. But that, that fifth game of the season, I think it was
1: Hartlepool where,
0: yeah. that we won yeah, at home to, to get it back to was it, zero.
1: Was it, yeah, was it? Was it Do you win, win 2 1? I think. Yeah. Uh, 2
0: 0, I think it was.
1: <laughs> was it 2 0? Yeah, right. it,
0: might, it might have been 2 1. I, I can't actually remember. But what, what was that coming off that pitch that day? Because I remember it was sort of like, now we can go. Like, we're, we're at zero now. Now we can start. As, as fans, like, was that was that dressing room quite a, a good place to be after
1: that game? Well, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, be, to be fair with you, we couldn't wait to step on the pitch every single game because after... So, the first home game was Southend, I think, if I remember well. We won 3-4-1. or mm-hmm. um, And we just realised... How crazy this season is going to be in terms of atmosphere? We fell at home uh, massively. I wish there was 28, 29, or 30,000 people cheering us, and we were thinking, is that the way it's going to be in League One? I mean, you never feel like a League One player. You make you make us believe that we were still Championship or Premier League player because (laughs) of you guys. We were still like, all right, we're not in League One there. We Leeds United. We might be playing against League One teams, but with no League One teams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, now, the feeling every 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 game, but every home game was just something special. Uh, we were coming onto the pitch so confident, uh, so much belief in ourselves. We were just thinking we were indestructible. To be fair, and yeah, against Art Le Paul, that feeling that we could go back to zero points that was the first big achievement.
0: Yeah, it's the first milestone, wasn't it? No,
1: yeah. That was the first milestone. And the next one, we learned, and what well, I've learned that we could have beat and the record of uh, straight wins. So we oh, unfortunately really? got stopped, where we unfortunately got stopped at Gillingham uh, during one nail. But if we had won that, we would have just, um, oh, wow. yeah, got eight straight wins and then uh, get on setting a new record. We missed oh. that as well. But that's, that's just a shame. But it was still a good result. Uh, after two get two red cards from our both both our men strikers, uh, we ended up uh, is it being one one. Both
0: went off.
1: Yeah, condol for clapping the ref.
0: Oh yeah, I remember? <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: okay. I was behind him saying, oh, Trez, no, 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 no." <laughs> and he said, "Seb, I don't care." And he said that, and I said, "This is it." Oh no! <laughs> Got red card, and then uh, yeah, German a little bit later. On. <laughs>
0: unbelievable (laughs) go on Greg Um, just I read up that season um, Swansea was it Swansea won the league by 10 points that year yeah and and how good were they as a team like to I mean mean, obviously to win the league by 10 points you've got to be some team but um, they must how good with football were they playing
1: if you you as a team was achieving what you was how good were they Very. Uh, That was Swansea from uh, Roberto Martinez, if I remember well. Yeah. So so we all all know what he's done about about football. And uh, the way, uh, well, Leeds signed their best player the year after. So, um, uh, what's his name again? The number 10.
0: Um, Oh, Andy Robinson.
1: Andy Robinson. Andy was unbelievable on the pitch. (laughs) <laughs> I've yeah, seen it. Uh, yeah. And the fact that well, we beat them at home 2-0, I remember, because uh, when German scored that cheap left-footed oh. one, Uh phew, sweet. <laughs> what a goal. Uh, and I think we've only lost 3-2 at their place. Um, so that was close call and this is where, see how good were Swansea that season, this is how close we were from the best team uh, yeah. from that season. Uh, but the footballs that were displaying at the time, honestly, something else. They, they deserved it.
0: Yeah, no, they had a very good side then.
1: Very good um, side, yeah.
0: And well, look, they went on, and it weren't long before they was in the Premier League, and
1: Exa- doing exactly. do well as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, yeah, no, that is true, mate. And then that that season, sort of, from where we come with the minus fifteen, we end up getting in the playoffs. Um, we had a bad run in February which sort of meant that automatic sort of slipped away and one of them things and we had to settle for the playoffs and then th- those games against against Carlisle um where where, where we we won in, in the semi-finals where Johnny Allison Poof. dragged us through <laughs> Poof. well, that, like, well I'll, I'll pass it to you mate like
1: <laughs> oh what was that like oh don't get me started on that because oh wow um
0: They had a good side, Carlisle,
1: then. Very good side. Well, no wonder. We lost 2-1 at their place. Um, We always believed that something needed to be done that season. Uh, We never had any sort of concern uh, about our ability to go and get through at the time. This is how strong we were. Um, But the fact that it actually happened and Johnny's going wow well, the second goal honestly we have wow well, the feeling uh, you look at people's faces you look at the crowd you look at everything uh, you, you're in a bubble for, for one minute yeah for one minute you're in that bubble and you want to stay in it <laughs> <laughs> but you've got a game to finish because <laughs> you, you don't need to consider at the time you stay. You need to stay too near up sure. um, yeah so you've got to get back uh, focus on your game but wow if the if the ref could have gone Beep, beep, beep. After the goal, that would have been crazy. <laughs> I think people would have run onto the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, it, it was. Um, I think, well, you still got one game to play, which is the biggest game and the most relevant game. Yeah. But you, after that, the feeling is job's done. <laughs> yeah, too right. Yeah. Isn't it? This is the danger of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, it, it felt like that. It was sort of like once we're at the, in the final. This, we're done here. We're going to go up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It was surreal. Like, I went, I went to the game at Wembley, the Doncaster game. Um, and it, it just didn't happen, did it? It was just one of them. It just didn't turn well, up. I, I, did, did you get le- left out of, of, of the final?
1: Yeah. And I'm, Why? Make, I'm, I'm telling this as a joke. but I said that was the biggest, uh, ma- biggest mistake of uh, the manager at the time, Gary.
0: Yeah, because uh,
1: Gary McAllister came in, didn't he, when Wisey left yeah. Newcastle? Yeah, I made this as a joke, but I said um, all this February misform that we had could have been avoided if you had played me. <laughs> 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 but that's just, that's just a joke. <laughs> now, yeah, um, back to the final, what happened is uh, he had two options uh, at the time. He was getting back Alan Sheen on the bench and have a defensive option to protect the score. Uh, to have me uh, in case you're losing and you need to bring someone uh, bright for 25, 30 minutes. And so, honestly, something again about honesty. And uh, Gary called me uh, the day before we were in the London hotel. Uh, called me and say, "Seb, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave you out. I'm going to take uh, Alan on the bench." And I said, Gaffa, to be out of out of respect, I think you're making a mistake because I think." We need to go and win that game. We don't need to protect a score that we don't have yet. Uh, we just need to go and win. Yeah. Uh, put me on the bench. If by any reason we still nil-nil, or we one nil down and you've got 20, 25 minutes left, you've got me on the bench and you know what I can do. Because I've showed you against Gillingham last game of the season. I can be useful even on the bench. I yeah. don't need to start. don't need to start me. Just put me on the bench, just in case, as you are attacking option. And he said, no, Seb, I've made my decision. I'm going to go for Alan." I said, okay, yeah, no problem. I was really sad, really disappointed. I was upset. I really was because I wasn't able to help that day. I just wasn't. I was not the stand watching yeah. as a fan.
0: That's exactly it. Yeah, you're in the same position that we was in. just watching it. Yeah. And that probably made it even more frustrating for you, the fact that the, how the game went.
1: I, exactly, yeah. That's it, what I was going to say. Yeah. Could have done with you. You know
0: what I mean? Could have done with bringing that's
1: someone what, that's on. That's what I thought. And I wanted to say something, but there's no. I told you so. There's no e nodes.
0: <laughs> that, that's exactly it. Yeah, what are you getting, yeah. you're not going to benefit out of saying anything there. Exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. So it's such a frustrating. It was, it was a weird game because our best player probably on the day was the keeper, Casper Ankergren. Casper. Yeah. The first sort of twenty minutes, he was incredible. He made some phenomenal saves, and kept us in the game. <laughs> he did if it wasn't for him they, they could have been three or four up in the first sort of half an hour
1: yeah
0: and I, I remember sort of being there at the time and when we got through that sort of it was like at half time. you know we've weathered the storm there hopefully we can but we just never got going it was yeah frustrating really but again yeah. it's just one of those one of those things isn't it um yeah. and then so what was what had come of the end of that season then uh did your relationship with, with Gary Mack, did that sort of fray things with you at all? Or how, how was that Yeah, a little bit, bit after the game?
1: Yeah, if I'm honest, a little bit. The fact that he left me out, uh, I was very upset and I'm thinking, well, maybe it's time for me to go. Uh, I don't know. I was thinking a lot. Uh, I remember asking him if I could leave straight after the game. Uh, didn't want to leave all this disappointment again. So I said, uh, well, Gaffer, can I leave? Because like I want to be with my family. I, he kindly uh, allowed me. Um, so I went back with my family. I think I went back to Paris straight away with my car. Uh, left football out for, for probably a few days and then uh, got a phone call from uh, from Gary um, saying that said, you're not going to be part of my plan next year. And I said, oh, wow, okay. Um, I've only took a few days off. Uh, I was not <laughs> thinking about leaving the club. I was just thinking about just leave the football out of it for a few days uh, while your head, your head is hot and come back when you d- calm and you can have a chat. But he called me before I could even come back to England uh, when I was off. And he said, uh, you're not going to be part of my plan. I wanted to tell you that as soon as possible. And this is where, this is where my second biggest mistake in football uh, came, which is leave the club. Last day, of was a transfer window accepting an offer of mutual consent uh, release, which I should never have signed. Uh, I should have stand by my ground, which I did the year before in League One when I said I'm going to stay and fight. No, I took the easy route. I left. I never found anything else as good as Leeds United after that. Wow. Uh, I had another year on my contract. I had a very good contract at the club. Uh, There was no rush. Okay, I'm not in plan. I'm going to just stay, be there training, fight. If you need me, use me. If you don't, that's fine. I'm going to find a loan. I'm going to find something. We're going to find some option, but at least let me come back for pre-season. Let me fight. I know I'm not part of your plan. you tell telling me that. You've been honest. That's fine. But I should have stayed. Yeah, I should have stayed. The situation didn't allow me to find anything better after that. And uh, I've just listened to my agent at the time who said who find me another uh, suitable club, which I never did. Uh, I've listened to the wrong people at the time and I should have listened to myself.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. Again, hindsight is, is such, a, yeah. such an easy looking back, isn't it? But, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Um, oh, you then like, went on to, to Darlington on a short-term contract and then on to Brighton. But so before we sort of move on to that, there's, there's one player I, I want to ask you about at, at Leeds, and it's a random one. But there was a guy, and he, I always was quite excited because my surname was his first name.
1: So, Felipe right. de Costa. <laughs> one, of, one of my good friends. <laughs> yeah. Is he really? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's, um, he's a pilot now. He, he no, flight no. commercial flight. Yeah. What? Yeah, for real. Unbelievable. I, no. Unbelievable. When when I saw him in a flight, I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm a pilot now. So I said, how did you pull that off? <laughs> <laughs> if you give me a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's there. Yeah. Good lad. We signed
0: him, I think, from a, from a Greek club. I can't actually remember, but he, the first time I saw him play for us, his ability was unbelievable. He looked like he had yeah. so much skill. He looked like he had everything. What, yeah. what was it that didn't happen for him? Because he, he was a bit of a journeyman. He went to clubs, club after club. He'd play less than 10 games and he'd be in the next club. And what, what was it with him? <laughs>
1: I think uh, Felipe La Costa, his ability on the pitch are undeniable. I mean, they were there. He had a sweet left foot. He had a really good dribbling ability. Um, could take people on. Uh, he could finish and go very sweet left foot. We could put the ball on the spot for you. Uh, now, I just think that Felipe was just a deal made by Asians that needed to arrange themselves. Honestly, sometimes it happens in football. Really? Sometimes you don't know why some deals go through. Uh, we don't need this. We don't need this player. To be fair, I don't think we needed him at the time. Uh, there's another player who might, you might remember is Amandosar.
0: Yeah, Sa, Yeah, I remember him? Yeah.
1: Some, yeah, same type of player. He had a little bit more game time, but he's not the type of player we needed at the time. And coming from France uh, into England, you've got a time to adapt and settle down with the uh, English football. And when you come on loan. To be in a team performing week in week out it's difficult for them to to come and claim um, the first team position straight away yeah so you don't have that time uh as a manager you don't have the time to give him that unless you world wide known <laughs> yeah so so now it's difficult for them but i'm off, i don't know who took advantage of that deal but clearly he wasn't needed at leeds it's yeah. like Sebast- uh, Sebastian Sorsa as well. Yeah, Seb Sorsa, yeah, he's another one. Seb Sorsa, yeah, same. Probably the most paceful girl I've ever seen. Really? Um, yeah, honestly, he's quick as, wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, didn't play, never had a chance.
0: We had loads of players at, at that time that, yeah. were, that was like that.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I remember
0: loads. one of the, the team, I think it might have even been Andrew Hughes, who, who you played with, said that it was <laughs> like Uzi. every other every team other Training session. There was a trialist or a, a, That's, a lone that... player. It was like, what the hell? Who's he? That's
1: but... it. Two two of my friends came on trial here as well. <laughs> really or just turned up, and you know, I, I I don't know. I saw them one day. I said, "What are you doing here?" I said, well, well, <laughs> "I got a call from my agent saying I could come here for a few days." so of them stay at my house. Weird, um, yeah, one one coming from Tunisia. I've played with him at Château. Left back didn't get signed, but we should have because he's really good. Um And uh, the other one was a goalkeeper Florent who was a um, World Cup winner under 17. Wow! With uh, Nasri, Benzema, and all this generation.
0: It's, it's mad! It's, it's such a yeah. strange yeah,
1: thing every, going on. But every week you had one or two guys on trial. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to run it by you because you're always stuck in my head, Felipe Costa I actually <laughs> yeah. thought he might do do quite well, but yeah, it just yeah never happened. But never happened. Yeah. Strange one. And then, like I said, you went, went to Darlington and then on a short-term contract and then to Brighton. Um, yes. Was it, was it Russell Slade who was at, at Brighton?
1: Uh, Brighton was, um, no. Uh, before Russell Slade, he was, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. Mickey Adams. Mickey Adams, yes. Mickey Adams, <laughs> Yes, Mickey. So, Mickey um, signed me.
0: Obviously, you, you, you knew of the club anyway, so yeah. was it an easy decision going back there?
1: Oh, yeah, easy, yeah. I didn't even think twice. Uh, I went back there for a few days. After one training session, Mick Adam said, yeah, I want you here. I said, no problem. He got sacked three weeks later, Russell oh. Slade came in.
0: <laughs> oh, God, story of your career, Sam. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I said, what a wonderful world. <laughs> yeah. But Yeah, yeah. Did, did Russell uh, Slade just not, not fancy you? Or? Oh, no, he did. No, 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 but, he did. And then uh, we kept on losing. So he had to make some change. That's not that's not my fault, that's not his fault. We were conceding too many goals.
0: <laughs> that's it, yeah. And well we we touched on it before we recorded as well. You played along along with uh Nicky Foster, Forster who we had on, on the podcast a few weeks ago. Um him and Glenn Murray, what, what were they they like in because goal scorers, you know what I mean? That that they were prolific.
1: And and yet they are very different. Yeah. Uh, Nicky Foster would be Hard-working guys at training. Always try to improve his finishing in front of the game. Glenn Murray, training, in existence is not there. <laughs> no, honestly, he doesn't care about training session. He doesn't need it. Wow. But just simple as that. He said, wow. If you play small-sided game at training, you name two guys to pick two teams, Glenn Murray would be the last pick. Really? Yeah, because people knows. <laughs> <laughs> people know. Oh.
2: <laughs> and he knows
1: he, he doesn't like to train, no. he's, just a, he's just a pure competitor. He'd be ready for games.
2: His fit though,
1: I'm not saying he's not fit, he's fit, he's gonna do all yeah. the fitness uh, stuff. He just doesn't care about like if you play friendly 11 side uh, or training match, he doesn't care. He won't do any runs, he won't track back, he won't <laughs> hold the ball, he won't jump for a header. If you give him a tap in, he probably won't bother.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, <Nah.
0: laughs> it's, it's funny. He's still in the championship.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's still wow. going, isn't he? Yeah, Is he at Forest? Yeah,
1: he's he at yeah. is, he a, is he Forest? I think he is yeah? Yeah,
0: Chris. Yeah. Chris Hewitt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: But is that is that an amazing career, given the fact that he doesn't train a lot? <laughs> he scored loads of goals. Well, we had yeah
0: uh, a Wolves player, ex Wolves player Simon Osborne, on a few weeks ago as well, and he was saying right. about. The, the Wolves legend Steve Ball centre forward um,
1: right.
0: and Ozzy was saying in training very similar thing he was not interested they do like take the strikers for sort of shooting practice and he wasn't bothered, he don't want to do it it means nothing like, me <laughs> scoring here means nothing but he said it goes to a Saturday and he'd like bag a hat trick and it'd be <laughs> yeah. but just not interested, it's weird isn't it uh, some people were like that They just nah this means nothing to me like, but it can do it on a Saturday still
1: yeah, so, and for a manager, most important is on Saturday, so they don't care whether you don't do nothing at training. If you keep scoring brace, hat-trick, yeah. <laughs> goals for them, you'll you, you play. That's Simple it, as.
0: yeah. <laughs> when you score, that's the problem. What was that, Greg, sorry? It's when they stop scoring, that's the problem. Ah, uh, yeah. That's when they go Yeah, no, definitely, yeah. Uh, that's when about
1: yeah. yeah. No, that's true.
0: And at the end of the season, like you said, he needed to make some changes. So, so he, he you ended up leaving, and you, you went on on short term basis to uh, to Tranmere. What was uh, uh yeah, what what uh, was that, that sort of period like? going go there because there was I had a little look. Was it John Barnes was their manager? Was John Barnes? Yeah, yeah. What, what was he, what he, was the legends, Barnes, he like?
1: Is what well, is a legend? Honestly, I was. I was like, uh, I'm going to meet one of Liverpool's legends. England as well. England as well, yeah. Um, But I think he was really, um, at the time as a manager, he was really inexperienced. His training session was very, how can you put this right? That was long. Uh, There was no pace to it. (laughs) (laughs) But still, the way he wanted to play football was attractive. Yeah. Uh I don't think we had the proper training uh and set up to to make happen what he wanted uh to do.
0: Right, gotcha. So he didn't
1: he didn't stay long. I didn't stay long either. Yeah. Um, so that was just a short chapter. Uh 100%. Yeah.
0: Did did he ever do the rap for you? From, from No.
1: The no, I wasn't even aware of this. Oh,
0: have you not heard his rap, the John no? Barnes rap? Oh, mate! I'll
1: Google, I'll Google it. Oh, when, when we come
0: off recording, I'll, I'll play it. Yes, it's legendary. Okay, all right. He, he's brilliant, and by all accounts, he loves he loves to do it as well. Nice. <laughs> um, so then oh, after there, back to Brighton again.
1: I know. Unbelievable. (laughs)
0: Russell Slade leaves and and you're back in. Um,
1: Is there a reason for that? (laughs) Oh, oh, really? Yeah, no, it's because I was desperate. First, I was desperate. Um, I wasn't in in the best situation in uh, terms, contract-wise. After I left Leeds, you need to understand that I only had short-term stay at clubs. That means leaving my family in Leeds and travelling around uh, to get something Long term for them to move with me, which I never got. And uh, when Gus Poyet took over at Brighton, I simply I was still at Chalmers. I gave him a call and say, "Gus, you need me." I said, "Step, come down." Next day, I was I was down. Wow. See, so, this is this is how he, this is how it happened. Um, and I thought it would have worked better than what he it was, but. Um, I wasn't the same Seb as before. Yeah. Uh, In terms of uh, the playing style, ability-wise, I think it was more in my head, psychologically, I was gone a little bit. So um, I was still good at training. I was still decent. Uh, But coming to the competition, coming to game time, I was uh, was a touchdown. Right. I wasn't the same player. I was at Leeds, the same player I was at Monaco. Uh, I still had the same drive, but for some reason I couldn't perform the way I wanted. When... And uh, yeah, it's weird, and this is no Gus's fault. If I didn't have as much game time as I wished, this is simple me. Uh, I wasn't performing well enough. I wasn't bad, but I wasn't. I wasn't indisputable. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so, mean. so yeah. So that was a uh, that was just me not being uh, good enough to be fair.
0: Fair enough, mate. Um, yeah, go on, Greg. <laughs> I mean, I know you've just said that, you not being good enough, but do you not maybe think that that came from the unsettledness? Like, as you say, you, you're looking to just be settled and you, you probably actually had better times in your career when you were settled. So when, you, when you're not getting what you want as a person in your life and, as you say, your family was very obviously important, the unsettledness probably was, as you say, messing with your mental strength. And that maybe was why it wasn't and happening. And being away from your family as well.
1: Yeah, and I think that played a big role. I think uh, thinking back about this now, uh, this was really hard time because I was living in some friends' flat in Brighton. I wasn't I didn't even have my own place. Um, my wife and my two kids uh, were still in Weatherby, uh next to Leeds training ground. Uh, my kids was only little, so I was missing a lot. A lot of time that you don't catch back uh, and you never will. Yeah. Uh, of course I was visiting when I could, uh, I was going back to Leeds when I could but that's not what you want to do as a family guy uh, on a daily basis and I think missing all that, uh, as you said, uh, the fact to be unsettled for so long, that's why I have played unconsciously uh, a uh, role uh, in my performance.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt, mate. It's gonna, it's gonna have an effect, isn't it? You know. Um, yeah. But yeah, so obviously, fo- following that that season as well, I, I had a look. You, you represented Martinique in the yeah. uh, the 20, 2010 Caribbean Cup.
1: Yeah, it did yeah.
0: What was that like? Um, and is, it, it, is it was, that because obviously you you you're from France, born in, in France? Is it both parents are from Martinique? My One both parents?
1: parents are born there. Yes. Oh, both. Yes. Yeah, both. Yeah. Um, it was nice. It was nice to get back there and be able to play for them. Uh, we wanted to play for them for so many years, but we are not allowed to. Oh, uh,
2: right.
1: Re- yeah. Reason why it's because um, I was with uh, José Pierre Fanfan at Monaco.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, he was telling me, Seb, we probably go to Miami to play in a Caribbean Cup, uh, in a Gold Cup later if we get qualified. Um, you'll see it's an amazing feeling, it's good, we should go there but Didier Deschamps just forbid it the oh, uh, really? reason why he forbid it was the funny reason, is he forbid it because he said, I know you guys you only want to go to Miami to party you don't care about <laughs> football I don't want to have two of my guys going to Miami during the season having a laugh and then come back and say, no way <laughs> <laughs> so we will never we were never allowed to go represent Martinique at the time because you know we can represent both France and Martinique yeah. um, so we were never allowed to because of well our reputation as West Indies guys precedes with us. so um, he said that I don't uh, know you want to go there to party
2: that's so,
1: fair, fair, fair enough we couldn't do it so um, the opportunity came yeah uh, towards the end of it and uh, they called me and said uh, well would you like to come and play a few games yes, we're going to play against them them I really don't know the teams. Um, yeah, I remember playing against Costa Rica, though. Costa All Rica, right. Jamaica. No, Costa Rica, Jamaica, and can't remember the third one.
0: Because Martinique were the host country as well,
1: weren't they? Host nation. It was. Yeah, yeah, it was. So it took part in the um, group stage one, uh, but I think we missed it. We didn't get qualified, so. And I don't think I would um, I would go back for the knockout stage because uh, my ambition was to find a club, and I don't think the club would have allowed me anyway. So, Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's I would have missed it. And was you surprised then when Nice came in for you? Uh,
1: well, Nice didn't really come. I kind of begged for it. <laughs> 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 well, my agent begged for it. Uh, he got me the spot. Um, I was more there to be a first team player and play with a reserve and probably instruct the kids and try to have a more experienced senior role uh, within the club. So that's why I I don't think I've ever played one game for Nice and I've ended up playing with reserve. Uh, Try to help the kids, uh, the academy, try to get a new role uh, within the footballer skill set. Yeah. Um, So that was was more... uh, That just gave me an opportunity to do something else. Uh, Now, if I had performed... And Eric Rua was the manager at the time. Needed me, he would have played me. But oh, they were doing well. Uh, the winger and the attacking midfield at the time were top-class player, So didn't need me, not one bit. So Fair enough. I, I've enjoyed it because Nice is where my wife' family is from. So I still had some family roots there. Uh, I had a place. Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah, family was there. It wasn't uh, the same as Brighton.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, go on, Greg. Yeah. Not, not a bad spot in France either, is it? Um, the, I noticed one player there at the time, David Ospina,
1: the keeper. Yeah, keeper.
0: How, uh, was he young at the time? How good was he? Uh,
1: very good. Uh, well, to be honest, I've only seen him in games. I've trained with him, but uh, didn't speak really French at the time uh young keeper you could see he's got great ability uh he's so quick on his line you're thinking this guy is gonna do one stop then he's already standing up doing another one and you are thinking, how quick is it um so no no wonder why the career uh is having in a minute um very good player is he was one of the top players at nice uh, even if even though he was a young player so that's
0: no he's not
1: Sorry. Go on, he's done yeah, ever so
0: well. He and did go
1: to
0: Napoli now and he's obviously established himself.
1: Established there. himself there. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. And there's no wonder he's a very good goalkeeper. It's probably... Yeah, with Flavio Roma that I've known at, uh, at Monaco, probably one of the best keepers I've ever seen. Wow. Yeah, he's a good goal, goalkeeper, I've is not he? Yeah. I can't believe he would make it at Arsenal. I really can't. Like, I, I
0: thought
1: he'd
0: done okay for them like in, in in especially he stood in a couple of times because he wasn't number one
2: yeah
0: but then yeah. I thought he'd done really well and then they were just always on the look for another keeper and that that can't be good do you know what I mean and mentally as you say yeah
2: yeah it doesn't
0: help do you know what I mean it's not it's not right really but yeah They've, they've had yeah, that a few recently, is not they, Arsenal? They had it with Fabianski, with Ospina, and yeah. even Emmy Martinez in the last couple of seasons. So. And look at, look at Martinez now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what a goalkeeper. I don't wow. know if you know as well, he's eligible to be selected for England. For him? Yeah, because yeah. he's been yeah. over here for so long and from a certain age, he's actually okay. eligible to be selected by the English national team.
1: Wow, unbelievable. Because he's they never actually
0: for... made his debut for Argentina.
1: So he might at some point, they might just go for it. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, because I know why Pickford's class, but wow. <laughs>
0: I, I said this in our podcast, didn't I, tell I, I, I mentioned it. I was like, he can play for England, mate. Like, why are we not... We, we kind of, as a nation, we don't tend to try and do that. Get who we can. Get oh, who well. you
1: can, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: We, you know, but we're struggling like not struggling because we have got good keepers in pope and pickford
1: yeah yes you have yes they're
0: he's not as good as emmy good, though he's on such good form and if, if we can tie him down get him like i don't understand it
1: yeah yeah he's been here for so long it's like well my son Keen, and he wasn't born in england but he's been here since he was one year old i mean at some point he would be eligible to choose between france and england
0: well, we'll send this to the FA, mate. Hopefully Gareth can hear it and he can get, get him off. <laughs> he, he's a Yorkshire boy at heart, Keenan. He's a,
1: he's a Yorkshire boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you, can, you can hear that when he talks.
0: Yeah, you can, yeah. <laughs> I see his interview the other day and he's proper oh, is I <laughs> oh, see, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, obviously, then you, your career sort of Went in into non-league. You played for multiple clubs, including... Yeah. Including Berry, actually, You sort of... Shit happened with them, didn't it? But, um, but yeah, you went, went on and then... What happened then, sort of, bringing your your career to an end
1: um, through non-league? And what did you move on to? What Like, what, what are you doing now? Um, so, well, main reason I stopped uh, wasn't because I wasn't fit enough uh, because of age, because I was still young. I still have plenty of football in me. But at some point, you've got... You've got two kids, because I didn't have three at the time. I had two. Uh, I've got three now, three boys. Mm -hmm. But uh, you've got two kids you haven't seen on a daily basis, on a regular basis, um, enough. So you're thinking, okay, should I give him a last shot and try to get something again? But that would have meant to go somewhere again for six months, prove myself to them to earn a longer-term contract. And after Barry, I wasn't ready to do that. Yeah, uh, I wasn't ready at all to do that, so I've just decided to just not stop playing, uh, but getting myself on focus on something else and just keep playing non league football, uh, just to keep enjoy it because uh, I was still young and try to build um, another career. Uh, and what is it you, you moved on to doing? Uh, I've tried um coaching for a bit with a soccer school which I'm wearing uh, the shirt at the minute. Yeah. That was back to 2014. Um, I've enjoyed it. I had some, uh, some, good, uh, some good kids. I was uh, coaching uh, under 10, under 11 mostly. Uh, try to improve their level of football. And for the best of them, try to recommend them to pro academies. Mm-hmm. Uh, business-wise, it's really hard. It's tough. It takes time. Um, and I wasn't ready to take that time for uh, coaching. Uh, for the coaching stuff. Yeah. So one of my friends who was doing some agents work, uh, tried to enroll me for years. And uh, I didn't want to, because uh, I've only seen agents have, well, everybody thinks they are shark, uh, just looking after their money nothing else. Don't care about the player. So I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to, um, I didn't want me to be associated to this kind of uh, image. Yeah. So I said no for many years and then after I finished the soccer school I said do you know what, I'm going to do it but we're going to do it a certain way. We're going to look after young players try to educate players and families because they need to know what world they step into and uh, we're going to build it from that. And uh, I kind of enjoyed it and I still enjoy it even though with the COVID it's difficult uh, I still enjoy looking after players. It's tough, it's hard. Uh, you get disappointed like any, any field in life but he gets his reward sometimes. It could be money-wise, but it could be on the human part of it. So.
0: Exactly, yeah. And, and do, you, do you still play, play any football as well? Obviously, at the moment, we can't, but are you still playing for anyone?
1: Yeah, well, I'm excited because we can actually start back playing on Monday. Yeah. So, no, yeah, I'm playing for... I know it sounds like I'm old now, but I'm continuing for Harrogate veteran. Oh, really? Yeah, we've got a Monday Monday night league. Oh, uh, playing at Castleford, uh, playing at the uh, the headquarters of the FA I don't know if it's the FA actually um, but we're going to go four G's every Monday night with a oh, good bunch of lads some uh, some ex-pro some ex semi pro it's um, we've got a very good team we don't play against very good opponent all the time but five or six games are tough and that's good enough for me for now and when I can I do Sunday League with, uh, with Harrogate as well when oh, I can pretty. It's difficult on weekend, but when I can, I try.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's right. <coughs> yeah. So that's
1: mate. that's what I do at the minute.
0: Love it. <laughs> and obviously m- moving on to, to your boy, Keenan, uh, in the, in the under-18s at Leeds United at the moment. Um, we spoke off camera b- beforehand about <coughs> the next round of the FA Youth Cup playing Newcastle, as a, you're going to actually be allowed to go and watch, which will be the first time in however long since since the pandemic. Um they're in the next round following that that massive eight-two win the other night against MK Dons in, in the Youth Cup. You must must be a proud dad watching him, mate. Because even as like as a Leeds fan watching the youth teams play, th- there's a lot of good kids there, and, and he stands out. He, he's a
1: he's a talented boy. Well, Phil, thank you for him. Um, I appreciate that some people can see that he's got talent, and it's always it's always nice. Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, of course, I said uh, I'm a proud dad. Um, I mean, who wouldn't be? Um, he's uh, taking over after me after I-, I finished playing. Uh, he always had the ambition, so that's good. He loved it, loved the game, and the fact that he could take over where I left, um, that's good. Maybe there's something here, um, for history to be made. I don't know, yeah. we- we'll see, but probably what I haven't done with his leads, he'll do it. I hope yeah. so. Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. Uh, go on, Greg. I mean, as I mentioned off air a little bit,
0: um, obviously you know not following leads totally like what Terry does, and what, I, I actually sent him a message about Keenan, not know before we'd even sort of started chatting to yourself, um, saying I seen this boy in your youth team, he looks a bit tasty, and then Terry was like, yeah, I've been speaking to his dad, and I was like, oh mate, like quality, <laughs> um, just to say he always been. A winger or is, it,
1: is it, has he sort of played different positions or it, how's it how's it come about? That he's, it, he's, um, um, he's always been an attacking player. Uh, as a learning curve the club will sometimes uh, put him at different positions like centre midfield or number 10. Uh, even recently he's played the left wing back or left back uh, which is not his natural position but I think uh, in order sometimes to learn and understand certain positions you've got to play them. Uh, but he's always been, yeah, he's always been a winger, number 10, uh, or false nine, uh, playing behind the striker. Uh, I remember him in under-15 playing uh, the full season as a striker. That was in order for him to learn the game back to the goal, uh, which was really good for him because he's actually learned how to play back to the goal and hold it. Mm -hmm. So, really improved his game and that. uh, But always an attacking player, looking looking to, to score goals and Mostly assist, because that's his problem. He likes to pass. He likes to pass the ball. Even when he can score himself, he will pass it.
0: I've noticed that with him. He always puts it on a plate. Always. Throw,
1: and you see sometimes he will delay an opportunity to score himself just to wait for a pass. So he's got to improve on that as well, because you've got to take responsibility sometimes, and he's got to learn now.
0: That will ah, come, mate. Yeah. Come on, Greg. Back, back to you, mate. Just, just the, you know, the overall question. Is better than you or no? <laughs> that,
1: that's what people wonder of course he's not
2: <laughs> get pants, yeah.
0: <laughs> but
1: I really hope he will be
0: <laughs> brilliant still that competitive edge in you said I love it
1: <laughs> oh with him uh, he's got it more than me <laughs> really oh yeah oh,
0: that's good to have though get, get him far yeah And uh, mm-hmm. I noticed yeah. another thing with him actually
1: he shares a birthday with me 4th of August 12th of august all yeah. right so, good man so he's, so he's 16 <laughs> you're 31 okay yeah 31,
0: 15 years yeah. ago yeah 15 That's years right. about yeah and no, i was quite quite pleased when i saw it was his birthday i was like oh brilliant <laughs>
1: all right <laughs> um,
0: and just just to sort of tie everything together i've just got a, a, a few questions based on your whole career um to run through with you so okay. the, the first one is the best player you played with
1: I have to think uh, for one second. Two, two, I would say one player we haven't spoke about. It's uh, Marcelo Gallardo at Monaco.
0: Oh, right.
1: Argentinian guys.
0: Yeah?
1: He, yeah. When he joined Monaco, it was unbelievable. He was only 21. And he basically taught the full league how to play football. No way. Oh, yeah. Definitely, yeah. We've got crying champion in 2000 because of him.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow. Fair Honestly,
1: just, just because of him by himself.
0: Oh, I'll, I'll have to look him up. I must admit, I don't really know any, anything about him. I'll have to look into him.
1: Yeah, no, look into him. You he, like um, he's he he was um, sort of iniesta guy, very right. clever, very smart football brains and believable passing range. It's just something else.
0: Brilliant.
1: I think this season he's probably made twenty-five something assists and fifteen goals. I'm saying we got crowned champion just because of him and Marco Simone finishes him up. That's just just it.
0: Wow, not bad going. (laughs) So, so
1: yeah, I've had the chance to play with him. uh, Just one year, but that was enough.
0: Yeah, it was worth it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Best player you played against?
1: Didier Drogba, when he was at Marseille. Beast. Uh, We had the French Cup game against them. And I remember because it was a uh, near near half time and DJ came to us and said, Well, you kids are really are doing really good. I might step up a little bit, take on I said, Oh yeah? He said, Yeah, 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 am I might score two goals. with us two a nil. That was it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> we said, Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And, he got, and he got transferred to Chelsea for thirty five for thirty seven million after that.
0: Yeah, it went well, mate. What a career. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: unbelievable. Come Greg. Was you about to say something there? No, just some player, mate. Yeah, he, ob- he just felt the need to get into second gear. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the striker could do everything by itself. Could hold it, uh, be naughty. Uh, ability-wise, unbelievable. Could finish in left foot, header, uh, right foot, knees, anything. Just. Just a full shocker, he's got every, he's got a DJ job at everything, yeah, pace, power, ability. So, what can you do?
0: Yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah, um, the most underrated player you ever played with,
1: most underrated player, um, <laughs> dogs go uh, mad
0: in the background. <laughs>
1: No, but that, again, there was a player at Monaco, and I, I, I think, I don't know what he's done after he left, but it's Pontus Fernerid. He was a Danish guy.
0: Swedish,
1: was he? He's a Swedish, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know who you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, and then uh, well, he came as a nobody at Monaco, established himself for a bit um, as a first-team player. And I'm sorry, because it's dog... Oh. Yeah, no... <laughs>
0: The dog wants to get
1: in on the interview, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're good. He, he shot the door himself and then he's crying for uh, not being able to open it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Pontus read, uh because, as I said, he's established himself as a first-team player for a few games and then after that, he's got discarded and you should have seen ability-wise, he was unbelievable at training. Wow. Me, uh, remind me of uh, Xavi at Barcelona. If really? You play that way, yes. Wow, that's some accolade.
0: This um, <laughs> one is the worst trainer.
1: Oh, Glenn Murray. <laughs> 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 I don't need to think twice. That's, that's definitely him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, the hardest player you played with.
1: Um, the hardest player. I don't have any wine in mind. Uh, um, I think I'm going to say the, the toughest one would have been probably Stefan Zubar. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Ronald Zubar, uh, brother. is really, yeah. really, really... His game is all about physicality. Yeah. He'll try to bully you. He'll try to make you lose your mind. Uh, and that's his game. I got him on the phone last week. Um... Because he's done something funny on Facebook, I don't know if you say it guys. If oh, you, I if you... Mean... Know, well, well, basically, um, to make it short, sure, um, he was playing for of in the South, um, semi-professional football. And uh, he had a striker on him, who was uh, trying to milk everything he was doing. Every time he was trying to knock him down, he was like, ah, ah, faking it and everything. So at some point, the ball goes to the crowd. And uh, the crowd sent back, send back the ball onto the pitch. He just go past Stefan Zubar. And because he wanted to make fun of oh. the striker, he went down like, <laughs> like a girl <laughs> and milking it. And then <laughs> it was so funny. And basically these videos go probably 1.5 million views now. Oh, right. And he's gone famous play. And um, he said to me, said, you know how tough I am? You know You know my game? I said, yeah, no, that's why. Why did you go down? He said, let me explain that to you because you know me. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> that's out of context. <laughs> yeah, easy yeah, stuff.
0: So everyone thinks he's a cheat
1: now. <laughs> Everybody thinks he's a cheat, but he's really not. He's explained that to me and he said that was just to take the piece at the striker. Because that he was, was saying all kinds of things to me because they were leading one 0 And then we got to two-one. So when I got the ball <laughs> past me, I, I just went down and said, I'm not gonna rush anything, mate. We we're winning two one win now.
0: <laughs> okay, now yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, so,
1: yeah. that was just taking the piss.
0: <laughs> I love that. I left. I left to dig that out. And watch that one. Yeah, and, it's funny. And then hardest player you played against?
1: Uh, that was just him. He just
0: uh... oh oh no the first sorry the first one was with.
1: Oh the we oh but sorry against uh who against um. Let me think. Um, there's nothing that comes to mind now. Because uh, I need. Um, God, yeah, there's one guy. But what's his name again? Um, oh yeah, Chris Morgan.
0: Oh Sheffield, God, Sheffield United. Sheffield
1: United. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a beast. The ah, beast. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a definition. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yes, he was. Yeah, biggest diva. Oh, biggest diva. Um, well, I played with or played against. Uh, with, oh, just in general, yeah. just with, okay.
0: Well, yeah, um, in general. Yeah, if in general. Someone yeah. You come across that,
1: yeah. Uh, biggest diva would be no one I think of at Brighton. Uh, there was no one like this at least, or maybe. Ah, uh, maybe Amando, Amando. Nah. Sa- yeah, no, I know, I know. But well, this guy came from Valencia, <laughs> and of course, when you come to the tough English leagues and you get knocked out first thing you come at training, um, he was a little bit weak. <laughs> Let's be <use> honest. <the laughs> <lesson. laughs> but it was funny. He's 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 very funny because he couldn't speak English, and then um, every day at training, there's, there's a funny story about this. But he's. Um, Say guys, let's go eat. Let's go eat. And he said, let's go eat. Hey, Nando's, Nando's. I said, let's go eat Nando's. I said, okay, let's go eat Nando's, man. no problem. And uh, we were talking about um, families at some point at training. And I remember when, because we were stretchy, stretching. And uh, we were talking about how missus. And uh, he said, what, well, my missus? I don't know you guys, but my missus, if she tell me to turn right, I turn right. If she tell me to have sex this way, I'm having sex this way. And she's the boss. And the, with his Spanish accent, he made it sound so funny. It's not even Spanish, it's Portuguese. They said, yeah, the way he said it was really funny. We were like, <laughs> what is he saying? He said, yeah, I go right, I go right. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was funny. But I'm understated with the diva. The biggest diva. And yeah. then the, the funniest player. Funniest player. Uh, there's probably a few. Um... I would say between Gary Kelly at Leeds, Ludovic Julia at Monaco and Dado Perso at Monaco. Yeah, well, we touched uh, on all a, of
0: them, didn't we, in the, in the chat?
1: Yeah, so. yeah, there's uh, three of them.
0: Brilliant. Um, which manager was the best when they took part in training?
1: Ooh, tennis-wise. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't think people would realise, but... Um, when he saw my reaction, when he first stepped into a small sided game with us, uh, I was, my eyes were just like that. And I said, this guy can actually play. He's not as nasty as people would think, because he can play. Yeah. And he came to me and said, "Said do you really think I couldn't play football? I said, well, your whole career was based on being tough. Yeah. So what do you think I'm going to think? And he said, no, I can play. The guy can play. Wow. The That's guy amazing. can play football and he can play like as a real number 10. Like I will make other people shine.
0: <laughs> Fair play. Probably yeah. what he had, the career he had as well. It, yeah, really? I guess
1: it was good as well. Don't give me one. I guess they all good. But because Dennis why surprised me in that way. Yeah. I've got to go for him.
0: Fair enough. Um, the next one is based on the sort of initiation songs. Who is the best singer?
1: Um, I'm going to go for probably the one with the funny accent from either Scotland or Ireland. So probably Doggy, Jonathan Douglas, or Alan Thompson. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because honestly, when I speak, I don't understand what I sing. To me, it's Chinese.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Love it. <laughs> um, the, ne- the next one is. You can take it two different ways. So uh, the biggest dick you ever played with?
1: <laughs> okay. Um, I was going to think first, the actual dick. I was uh, actually an idiot. Okay. It's totally <laughs> up
0: to you how you want to answer it.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I, c- I can't say the biggest dick literally. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put it in a spot. Um, but uh, the biggest dick would be, in a nice way, uh, I'm going to go for Alan Thompson.
2: Oh, really?
1: Yeah. It's oh. a nice bloke. He could be a dick as well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like so I'm that. just
1: saying that because he was a captain.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get away with it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Best Christmas party that you ever had?
1: Oh, wow. Easy, Newcastle, uh, 2006. Yeah? Yeah. Any particular
0: uh, reason? He remembers it, it that vivid. Like, because Bosh. I remember
1: it, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, we, well, Wisey um, allowed us to go for two days uh, in Newcastle, which we really spent very wisely. <laughs> uh, it was nice. It's,
0: it's, I mean, a yeah. great, it's a great place to go out drinking as well. That's
1: what what I've heard That's what I was told
0: Yeah (laughs) Um, And then The last one we've got is Who are your closest mates In football And can you get them On the podcast for us Uh,
1: Closest mate uh, At the minute Different guy Yeah But well you could get them There's um, I'm still in touch With Trezor Condole Quite a lot Really Uh, I I know as a Leeds fan You'd be interested Rui Marcus Oh really, Very Marquez. Louis really, I'm really close to. Um, Stephen Zubar. Brilliant.
0: Oh, any of them would be. And, and the
1: fourth one, I'm not going to forget about him because he'll hold that against me. Leon Constantine.
0: Oh, big Leon. Constantine,
1: big Leon. <laughs> you should have him on it because he's he, he'll have some funny stories for you. He's a funny guy. Oh, I forgot. It. I forgot about him. My bad, Leon. But you should get on it. Oh yeah, <laughs> if you can sort that out, that'd
0: be class. Any of them would be brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, superb, mate. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll sort of bring that to an end then. Seb. thoroughly okay, enjoyed it, yeah. mate. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank on. you.
1: I've enjoyed it too. Um,
0: and yeah, make make sure you send send Keenan my my best as well. I will. And, uh, I'll, I'll be watching okay. Newcastle as well.
1: Oh, nice. Thank yeah, you, top man. I no, yeah, thoroughly, yeah. thoroughly
0: enjoyed it. Um, everyone who's watching, slap a like on the video, subscribe to the channel, um, rate and review on any podcast platforms that you're listening on as well. Um, and yeah, until next time, guys. Thank you very much. Cheers. All right.
1: Cheers. Cheers.